All right, what's up, everybody? This is Inside the North Side coming to you from the living room. I have a very special guest here today. Um, so let me do his little bio before I introduce him. Charlie G is with us today. Charlie G is an award-winning filmmaker from Houston, Texas. H down, hold it down. He owns and operates Cold Creek Productions, a video production house that produces music videos, short films, indie films, and video ads. Charlie G specializes in directing, cinematography, screenplay writing, producing, and editing. Within the past 10 years, Charlie G has produced and directed music videos for national and international music artists and directed ads for companies such as the Houston Galleria. Ooh, fancy. His latest achievements included many film festival selections for his short film drama Hourglass, which he produced, directed, wrote, and edited. The best music, uh, the best music, I'm sorry, the best video editing award for the short film In My Head, starring none other than Jason David Frank, the original Green Ranger from the Power Rangers. He was also the cinematographer for the 2020 sci-fi action film Arc Exodus, starring Johnny Young Bosch and Jason Narvi. I think that's how you pronounce his name, from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. His latest film to write and direct, Tenth Floor is currently in post-production. We'll talk more about Tenth Floor later on in the show, but yeah, uh, welcome, Mr. Charlie G. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> Finally, dude. I like I said, it's been cool. I've been waiting for this episode ever since we met at the party, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, I gotta get this guy. I gotta get this guy on the show. <laughs> and I was hoping you'd ask me because I heard good things, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, cool. I know you heard um, you, uh, Yesenia's uh, episode. From what I hear, and you liked it. I was like, oh my God, he likes my episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. And then when Yasenia mentioned it to me, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Of course I'll yeah, do it. Yeah. Because, like, I was going to ask you, but I was like, I don't know if he takes care of his Instagram or somebody else does it. So I didn't want to, like, send you a message and it not be you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I got you. So, pretty much uh, the uh, first question I always start off which I've been asking a lot of people. Uh, so, uh, from, um, how do I say this? <laughs> so, pretty much, you know, what's going on, COVID and the whole lockdown pandemic and all that. So, for the past 10 months, how has COVID uh, affected you in Cold Creek Productions? Oh, wow. I would say that in February, we went from shooting this action film in January, just having, like, I thought, I thought 2020 was going to be like that was just going to be the first of many films. I was ready to just keep going. And then all of a sudden pandemic hit and it was like, I'm not working for at least four to five months. Yeah. You get anything. It was like, you know, we couldn't, we essentially couldn't have productions because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. Um, hold on. Turn the other way. The mic. Oh, like this. The other way. Towards facing with the little lettering. Ah, like this. Do you <laughs> yes. want to start that one over? Yeah. No, okay. it's cool. It's cool. Okay. Everybody, it makes mistakes. I make mistakes, though. Gotcha. But I yeah. Over if you want no, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I think okay. people got that. But yeah, so you were pretty much doing an action flick, and then everything was like, boom, mm-hmm. shut down. That's crazy. What movie were you working on at that time? We did Arc Exodus, but luckily we wrapped right before the pandemic hit. So we wrapped, and it was like a few weeks later. And I had maybe like a couple music videos, and then it was like nothing because nobody could shoot we're on lockdown now right Mm -hmm. 
Um, but then later on, as the as the year went, I started renting out my studio a lot through Pure Space. I have a studio out in Pearland. Okay. And um, Pure Space started happening. Like, soon as, like, a, some production started sprinkling back in, and then I started getting shoots again. So, like, slowly we were able to get back into production. And But now we have these, you know, COVID-19 guidelines. Like, people have to be certain feet apart we got to wear the mask the whole day Mm -hmm. so we were able to kind of get back going um but it was definitely a little bit tougher yeah i can i can see that because usually with like film production as i see it everybody's close together everybody's got to do this everybody's gonna do that but when you have those certain guidelines you got to sit six feet apart you got to wear a mask you got to sanitize it's a whole lot more work i I'm, i'm assuming for for you know producing and stuff like that during a filmmaking and all that yeah, it can be scary. We, uh, I've actually like on the last my last film production, we have a COVID compliance officer. Mm-hmm. That's my buddy Walker. Like, luckily he had the certification. I met him on another set, so I was like, "Well, if you got that, can you come out and do my film?" And sure enough, I got him. And uh, but that's somebody there that's you know first thing in the morning when we get to set. You know, he's taking the temperature, mm-hmm. making sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. We got to sanitize our equipment. Can't take off the mask. Uh, but it can get tricky sometimes. Like I've definitely been on set where we get there and if whatever, like if it's the artist I'm working with, like none of them will be wearing masks the whole time. And it's kind of scary. It's but kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. You're just like, um, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, it's like <laughs> you said in the emails that you were going to wear, be wearing masks, but none of you are wearing masks. And then the food, it'll be, there'll be like food, but it's like buffet style. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, yo, what the Oh, dude, no one's wearing a mask. Oh, crap. You know, dude, I totally understand. So I work for the Houston Independent School District. I work for their food department. And pretty much we have been working the whole time. We've been we were working with the food bank, with Houston Food Bank. And then we were we moved back to our warehouse and just started distributing food through our um, our schools. So we had certain school selections to certain days. And we would make these huge, huge bags of food and canned goods and whatnot. And we would distribute them out to the community because, you know, and people in need and they didn't have jobs. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've had a lot of those scares where it's like, oh, no, nobody's wearing a mask or so-and-so, so-and-so's mother had the COVID, whatever. So uh, it, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, going back to work and everything now, we have to go and take temps the same way. We have to go and do this little app where we check in and we ask questions and whatnot. So it's very annoying, but I, I see what what it's for, you know, just for our safety and whatnot. I'm curious whether you heard the Tom Cruise. Um, no, I didn't. I wanted to, but I was like, I'm, I feel like he's kind of going Christian Bale on them, but n- I haven't checked it out yet. That's what I got. You know, I definitely got triggered from christian bale you know it's very similar um but i mean he's he's not wrong yeah i mean trying to uphold that standard i guess yeah exactly because i mean he he is valuable don't want to say property but he you know he kind of is because he's 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 that a-list actor they need him to be healthy and this and that Everybody else is not following the guidelines, and he gets sick. That's on them, and then the you know the movie company, whatever, they're losing money and losing time. Right. So I I see why he would flip out. You know the little yeah. dude flipping out and, and stuff. If they get <laughs> shut down. That means that like other films will be shut down. So exactly. I can see why he's so fed up, especially whole, since he's like the executive producer. Yeah, producer. it's like a whole domino effect, and 
you know, this movie doesn't get made because this movie didn't get made because this person didn't wear a mask. And then everybody screwed. <laughs> yeah, and then that comes back down to us, our, the small production companies, and then like how, you know, whether we can keep going or not. Yeah. So you've been doing this for, for 10 years, right? Um, what was I? Sorry about that. Um, who or what uh, was it that got you into filmmaking? I would say what got me into filmmaking, um, I was in high school, uh, you know, I didn't make the best grades and I was kind of wondering where, where my path in life was and where, like where, where my place was. And I remember looking through some, I think there was like a college day at school once mm -hmm. and you know, we were looking there, all the kids are looking at different colleges. Everybody has great grades. I was in this private school and I remember coming across Savannah College Art, Art and Design, and it's not that I necessarily wanted to go to that school, but they had a film department, and I started looking at it, and I was like, I've always been kind of obsessed with cameras, even as a kid. Uh, I'd always be stealing, like, the home video camera to, like, make my own little, like, stop motion stuff, and that was fun, and I, once I realized, like, I can have a career in that, like, I can mm -hmm. go to college for that, I was like, well, if I can do that, uh, nothing else seemed appealing. Yeah. And I was like, if anything... I know I could do that. Yeah, exactly. So um, what school did you go to, actually? I went to a, a Christian private school in Alvin. Um, it's a little small place, but uh, yeah, that's where I grew up in Alvin. Cool, cool. I, too, went to a <laughs> Christian school, but um, in my earlier years, I went to high school in Cyprus. And uh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I kind of was going through phases in high school, and then, like, it kind of clicked on me. I was like, oh, I want to be a music producer. And I, I looked at colleges. They had like a little college day. And I was going to go to um, Sam Jack up there in Nacogdoches. But um, there was other plans for me. And I ended up not going to college at all. And um, I kind of uh, drifted here and there, did this and that. And then I was in a couple bands here and there. And then, uh, I don't know, just, I just came into producing uh, my podcast. And now I'm producing other people's podcasts, which is pretty cool. So I'm kind of producer in a way, but yeah. not for music. So it's full circle. It really full is. circle. It may not be music, but it's, you know, podcast is a, I feel like is a serious, a really serious thing now. Yeah, dude, it's crazy within the last 10 years how big it's blown up just because of people like Joe Rogan and uh, everybody else who's been in the podcast game for a while. I mean, mainly just Joe Rogan, because everybody loves Joe Rogan's podcast, and he has all these amazing and unique people and guests, and he has all these weird and intellectual conversations, and it's like, whoa, how did he do that? Does he even know where he's at at the moment when he's talking? So I'm like, I want right. to do that. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you've heard of an app called Clubhouse. Clubhouse? No, I have not. Okay, so my, my buddy Savon Highsmith in April, uh, they... Apparently this app is in beta, so you have to get invited to it. And I can invite you to it as well. Okay. But it's it reminds me of podcast. But it so listen to this. It's like a it's an app you get on and essentially you start a room and the mics are live on your phone. And it's kinda like this, like how we're talking, yeah. but it's live and people can join in and they can listen to us talk and they'll they, they have an option to like raise their hand. Oh, that's and cool. They can participate in the like in the in the conversation. The conversation. So this is like kind of like real-time podcast in a way. So it's kind of like what I told him, it's almost like the perfect app for 2020. Yeah, you know, pretty like much. Quarantine app. Exactly. Especially for like if it gets, if it does, you know, move it past its beta testing and all that. It would be really great for teachers too. Exactly. Especially since, you know, um, my cousin's wife, she's a teacher and 
it's kind of hard for her to do the whole video zoom meetings and stuff like that so with that it would be pretty cool you know kids can raise their hand i miss i don't know what this is you know and stuff like that so um but yeah uh so uh who do you cite as your inspiration yeah i have a couple different i definitely look up to writers like charlie kaufman and filmmakers like m night Shyamalan. like i have some different ones that i look mm-hmm. that i look you know christopher nolan um there's a lot that i've been inspired by and motivated by over the years um there's just i definitely look towards films that have any sort of like emotional themes or anything that i can relate to mm-hmm. they like inspire me to make movies especially like my first film that inspired me was eternal sunshine of the spotless mind that was the movie that came out in high school when i was in high school and that was like made me that was the first movie i saw that i was like i want to do that like i want to be able to make a movie that'll make you know make a movie that like that movie made me feel, yeah you know what i mean like inspired me yeah I, I totally know i totally know what you mean um so what was the first film that you directed and, and produced yourself there was a couple different ones um but i would say the first film that i felt like i could be proud of was hourglass which is in the festival market right now i felt like that was the first film that i felt could represent me in a way and then now doing 10th floor, which is the latest film that I did is the first, like this is like, I guess the second film that I feel like really showcases like what I can do mm-hmm. as a filmmaker, a writer, a director. Wow. That's pretty cool. So it took um, me a while to get there though. It was like, yeah, nine, what nine years of just music videos, you know, just doing that and grinding. And I would always put it, you know, kind of like in the back, like I'm going to make a movie you know, when I get some time, but I was, I mean, I guess I got some traction doing music videos. I got caught up in that. I got a little, got kind of comfortable. And when you get comfortable, obviously you can get sidetracked. Forget, yeah. And you, you forget, forget about everything. Started. Yeah, exactly. Started I totally, I wanted to make movies. totally dude. I know what you mean. Um, I was the same way with, with bands. It's like, okay, I'm joining a band, but then again, I have my own music, but then I get so sidetracked with trying to get this band started and try to help out everybody and blah, 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 blah. I forget about my own stuff. And I would and put my stuff in that. Up where, selfish. Yes. I have so many stories. <laughs> I have like a couple <laughs> stories about it, but I, I won't get into that later, but yeah. I do want to read the synopsis that you sent me for your, um, your movie 10th floor. So 10th floor is a drama thriller about Tyler, a 30 year old male who has been falsely accused of murdering his family. As Tyler attempts to take his life by leaping off the 10th floor of a hotel, he meets Claire, an escort living in the next door hotel room. They for a bond, and Tyler will attempt to help her escape a life of prostitution and drug addiction. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Thank you. So, um, what made you, again, what inspiration gave you this? I was in the middle of pre-production for an action film that I was going to be uh, directing at the beginning of this year, actually. Mm-hmm. That film ended up turning into Arc, Arc Exodus, which I was a cinematographer on. So that first film was canceled. But while I was casting, I met this actor, David Ash, and he was performing a monologue in one of his um, auditions. And he like just I guess the way he was acting it, this story hit me. It was really weird. Like I just had this idea. I remember it was like six in the morning and I told him, I was like, can I write a monologue for you? And can you, will you perform it? Cause he's kind of like this up and coming actor. Mm-hmm. He's never been in anything. He just had this like natural talent to him. And he said, yes. So I was like, okay, so I'll write you something and I'll send it to you later today. Well, it was like 
now that monologue's in the film. It's in the right in the middle. And so the whole story came from that that one monologue. And wow. so um and in the monologue he's explaining, you know, what happened to his family and how he found his fiance and um that ends up being a driving force for the film. So how long did that take you to write that? The monologue or the yeah, film? The monologue and the film. The monologue was definitely in that morning, so I knew I had something. You know, like I'm sure it's like with music, you know, like when you're in a flow and you get something, you can't stop. You're like, I got it. You know, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. those days where you can't think of anything. And it's just like that with writing. Like there's be some days where I can't think of anything. And then there's those days where it just pours out. Yeah. That was definitely 10th floor. I wrote 10th floor very quickly. I mean, maybe a few days and I was done with like a six. I think I had a 30 page script. Wow. And I knew that, okay, I got to make this somehow. See, when, when, when directors talk about writing scripts and they're like, yeah, I wrote like a 60 page. I'm like, 60 pages? That's I can't hard. even write like two pages. <laughs> <laughs> I was there, you know, when in high school, they're like, you have to write a five page paper about so and so and so. I'm like, I can't even write like one, dude. Come on, five? Yeah. I have to like space it out. But you can definitely be like that, though. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've definitely had a gig one time where I was writing a screenplay of a 90 page. And I mean, it was torture. Each day, I'm like, "Come on, five pages." It felt like a homework assignment. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, this is so slow." But when you have an idea you're excited about, things change. You know, yeah, it's like, can't stop. So, you were saying that you were doing music videos for like a good chunk. Um, what was? Do you know? Do you remember what your first music video was? Shoot, it was a while back now. There was this band called Since Always, and I remember um, they were this Houston band, and I had just got a camera. I had just got my my first camera that I was kind of proud of, and I wanted to shoot something, and nobody at that time was like, hey, you want to shoot a music video? I had to like find an artist that would let me do something for them for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, most, of the, most of the first videos I did were for free. Um, and then, you know, word of mouth, somebody sees that video, and they actually liked it, and then they're like, hey, how much do you charge for that? And I'm like uh $250 <laughs> you know I didn't know it yeah I was just doing stuff for free and I, I was surprised people wanted to hire me so that's kind of just how it started um you were so you it says that you done a lot of national artists and international artists um who are some of the artists that you've done music videos for just to get a little glimpse um, of you know I work with a lot of I feel like these days I'm working with a lot of Houston artists mm-hmm. like uh, some of them are Backdrop Violet uh Feli Tish. I think that's how it's said. I always say it wrong. Um Silence the Crow. Modern Day Society. There's a bunch. And I tend to work with a lot of rock, but lately I've been working with more R and B and hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and that's kind of where it's at right now. Most of those bands I'm like I've never heard of, <laughs> but I probably should hear because they're local bands and you know, I like to support my local definitely good artists. Local Houstonians. So uh, but yeah, that's pretty cool, dude. I I almost wanted to direct a music video. So let's I'm gonna take you back a couple years ago. So I was playing in this Spanish rock band and they were like, We need to do a music video and I was like, I got it. I was like, We'll just do the video in the garage and we'll have like three points. You know, we'll have like three different cameras and we'll pan one side and we'll pan another. We'll do close up in the face. You know, we'll do one of the jump, you know, and the guys were like, no, that's crazy. No, we can't do that. And I was like, why? I'm like, this is a good plan. It was. And I was like, come on. And they're like, no, we're not going to do a music video in, um, in our garage. 
because he was we were practicing in his parents garage so i was like okay whatever so tell me why like a couple years later they end up stealing my it <laughs> because that's exactly how it works and i was like you bastards yep <laughs> but whatever they can have my it's idea a very i guess common thing for especially someone like me who has had to deal with uh record labels and having to pitch ideas mm-hmm. um, that was a lesson that i learned the hard way which was uh, pitching an idea to an artist or a label, them denying the idea, and then a year or two later seeing that very similar idea being released by the same artist, you know. That has to be, like, gut-wrenching, but then you're, like, annoyed, and then you're just like, fuck it, I just don't even care anymore. Whatever, take my damn idea. <laughs> Way, it's happened so many times. that not, Now I do contracts and agreements yeah. and deal memos, but uh, what I always tell everybody is... Uh, what is it? Don't get accept. Don't get upset if you have the keys to the barn, or what is it? Something like that. Like okay, I get I get what you're saying. You know, more ideas can come, and people are going to steal them. But I know that I can still come up with more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because not everybody thinks the same. So you could come up with something that somebody else wouldn't have thought about, and then it's like, okay, I got this idea. Let's use it, and then you know i mean that's just how it is you know people steal ideas people do this and that it's just that's just how the world goes and the world works and stuff like that so it's like what are we gonna do you know absolutely (laughs) so it says in your bio that i read that you got to work with two fucking power rangers dude like how was that for you like to work with like tommy and 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 the black ranger dude i mean that's so fucking cool Tommy, Adam, and Skull. I'll tell you that it's really weird for me in a, in a great way because as a seven, eight-year-old, that was the the, like, shit, dude. the most important thing to me at that time. I, yeah. I always tell everybody I used to walk around elementary school with like in my backpack. I had the first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on, on VHS. Mm-hmm. I put that in my backpack. And I was definitely, I think I was the Red Ranger for Halloween. So to be working with them was like very surreal and i got to shoot like the uh the reunion the zeo zeo reunion photo that they did really yeah so it was just very almost full circle though it it that's what it felt like it was kind of like i already know these guys <laughs> now i just get to talk to them on a, on that's a pretty basis. cool dude so Damn, <laughs> yeah so that was definitely definitely cool you know I had a, they're all great people too. So yeah, I know I know Jason. Uh, he um, he does his whole karate thing. I think it's karate or whatever. He you know he has his yes. little his school, and I met him actually at Comic Palooza like a couple years ago, and I got to do like the whole Q and A, and I got to talk to him. And I'm like, I'm talking to the Green Ranger. This is like so awesome. And 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 Kimberly was there too, and I was like, Dang, oh crap! Cool. I was like, this is like a dream come true, and I. I asked like a stupid question. <laughs> I was like, "What? What do the colors mean? And what would color would you be? And what would?" It, and they're just like, "I don't know." And I'm like, uh, "I feel like a, I, you're, you're a fucking idiot." I feel like an idiot, dude. <laughs> I was like, "Oh God, never mind." I embarrassed. I have it on video somewhere. I don't yeah. know where it is, but I was embarrassed. But I was like, "I still got to talk to the Green Ranger. That's freaking cool." And you get to work with him, so that's even better. <laughs> yeah. And, and I told him, too, that I didn't know he was a Houston local. I didn't know that Jason yeah. and Frank was in the area until... Because I live in Pearland, and he has a, a karate gym there. Mm-hmm. And I used to go to Tea House, like, every weekly. 
And I remember seeing, I always saw there was like a Power Ranger costume in their window. And I was like, that's really weird. Like, why do they have that? Until one day I saw it said, you know, Master Jason David Frank. And I was like, I told my sister, I was like, man, if I can work with him, that would be cool. And then and it like happened. A year later, <laughs> I get an email from him. Really? He crazy. emailed you? Yeah, he emailed oh, me. what so the? At the time, I'm like, oh my God. You know, so <laughs> it was just cool. Like, and especially because, you know, he is a good actor and I knew that it was possible we could make good work together. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of clicked. So how did he like email you? Did he, was it just like word of mouth or did somebody like, did you email him first? Or? I was friends with one of his friends, which was a videographer or a filmmaker that he was working with that moved to Austin and he knew that I guess Jason needed someone with a red camera, mm-hmm. have one of those. So he forwarded him to me. That's pretty cool. That that's mind blowing. I'm just like, oh my god! That that if I would have got an email from J- Jason different, he's just like, hey dude, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh god, just I'm, I'm my life is complete. <laughs> <laughs> so from then we did the JDF Spoken Truth. Uh, series which we did i think we did six of those and that led to a short film called in my head uh and that's in the festival market right now. okay and what is in my head about for in our guest out here is a short film that where he plays nine different uh personalities okay essentially is like um one's like anxiety one's ptsd one's depression he's playing all these characters they're all sitting in a circle mm-hmm. and he's kind of like hashing it out with all of them as himself okay so it's definitely this interesting project. It was probably one of the toughest projects to film because of the fact that he has to play every character. You know, it was just like figuring out, okay, he's talking to himself across this way, and then we're going this way. It was it Yeah, was tough. I, I can see that. I, I always I always look at movies like that when one character is playing several different characters, and it's like, how do they, the camera angles and just the editing, it's so amazing, dude. It blows my mind. So... It also says that you were you did ads for companies and stuff like that for like the gallery and all that. Um, do you can you tell us which ads they were? So Emily Heron is featured in this in these ads, and we also did another one that was more based around the restaurants. But the first one was based on all of the like uh, the new luxury stores at the gallery. So like Louis, um, I think Louis Vuitton was featured in it. Prada was. It was like all these like Gucci. Like all the nice ones, I was just like, "Oh, this is crazy." The stores we can never buy anything in. <laughs> yeah, I never stepped foot in any of those stores until that day. I think, and I was like, "Wow, yeah. this is all here." There was, there's like a million dollar watch in the Galleria. Like I, I found out stuff like that that day. Really? I was like, Ooh. "Yeah, me and um, uh, Steph, my girlfriend, uh, we went to the Galleria, and she was like, let 'Let's go in the Louis Vuitton.'" I'm like why why are we gonna go but you know do for because of covid reasons there's a line now yeah you have to stand in line and they check in one by one because there's only like i think a certain amount of people and i was like i'm not gonna go to louis vuitton wait in line go to louis vuitton look and be like i can't afford nothing in here and then go back out so i've never stepped foot in those stores at all because it's pointless for me you know but a million dollar watch yeah, a million dollar watch. And Damn. It was a million dollar ring. They were like putting it on. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, I didn't realize some of those stores even had all that. There. Yeah, it's, so it's, cool. it's kind of like, do we really need that here? Because yeah. <laughs> now somebody knows where it is and it's like, they're going to go all, you know, Mission Impossible trying to steal a million dollar watch. <laughs> and I think the coolest part of that, doing those ads, was when I went back and for, I don't, I don't know if they're playing anymore, but every day 
those ads would play every single day on their big screens there. So mm -hmm. just kind of like going there to, you know, like a stomping ground, like somewhere where I'm used to going and shop and seeing like, Hey, there's my ads. That's pretty cool. The dude. Whole day. So it was kind of cool. Like it's definitely a coming home moment. Yeah, exactly. I, I'd be like, yeah, you see that ad? That's mine. That's, That's mine, dude. That? <laughs> Peep the ad. Yeah. So, um, let me ask you this question. So I was thinking about this the other day and I know that a lot of movies are filmed in like LA and in New York, Atlanta, Chicago and stuff like that. And not a lot of them are filmed here, like in Dallas or Houston or what Austin, even if they do in Austin, it's kind of like in LA or something like that. Um, do you wish more people would appreciate Houston and see for what it is and maybe direct more films here? You know, Absolutely. Like there's a lot of great filmmakers here. And I feel like the, at least the issue that I've ran to with trying to make a movie here is our tropical weather. Because the <laughs> yeah. fact that, you know, you can plan a 30 day film shoot like we did and run into rain for four days randomly when we thought we were going to have sunny skies. Like that's always a big issue. But there is it's definitely possible because we were able to make a I think it's a 45 minute film and, and we shot over 24 days. So we did that successfully. So it is possible. That was an answer that was was answered for me because I know that a lot of films, a lot of feature films are not made here. So I yeah. feel like it's definitely possible. Yeah, because I'm like Houston's really it's not it's not high skyscrapers like New York. It's not very expanded and huge like L.A. is. But we have something here. It's it's pretty here. We do have beautiful weather. Just sometimes it rains <laughs> and then it gets cold out of nowhere and then it floods and then it's like gets really hot. Yeah. And then it gets like super freaking hot. And that's like, uh, yeah, no, we're going to have to stop production. It's too damn hot here. <laughs> yeah. So and, and then going to LA, you're like, oh, that's why. Because yeah. the weather's there. Every, it's the same way. It's like 70 degrees day. or something like that every day or something Wear like that. Whatever you want. You're not sweating. Lucky, <laughs> we're here. We walk out and we sweat. No, what what's today gonna be like? Yeah, exactly. Um, so did you? Okay, I think you kind of answered it already. But did you always wanted to be a filmmaker, or did you always have? Did you have another career in mind for you? Like, you know, I still think about this sometimes. Like, I'm always thinking because I always think of like, I guess I I overthink and think of all the craziest situations possible. Like, what if I lose my eyes? You know, mm -hmm. like stuff like that. What am I gonna do? Like, what is the other career for me? And it's I don't I'm not sure. I know that I'm good at this and that I can keep doing it until I'm old. And I hope that that's true. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. I mean, you can be like the first blind director. Or something like that. I'm sure there's plenty of blind directors, <laughs> but I always think of like, okay, well, how would I, how would I approach that? Or if I had to have work another job, you know, what could I do? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You could always, I guess, I don't know. That's weird. Think yeah. about that. I'm going to have that stuck in my head. You have to read certain things. Oh, the Braille and all that. Um, so I think we already asked that question. So now, like for music videos and stuff like that, do the artists give you the liberty to like come up whatever idea you have for like the song? Or do they or kind of have like, or do they tell you, hey, I kind of want this? So I run into this situation a lot. Um, I feel like the majority of artists will let me pitch them something and if they like it, we'll do it. And then there's the other artists that kind of want to have their hands in the idea too. So I kind of have to tailor it to both. 
Um, and then there's also the other situation, like with le- record labels, where they have an idea and they already mm-hmm. know what they want. They just want me to execute it. Uh, so that's when I kind of feel like a hired gun. Like I'm just here. I'm just here to make sure that it gets done. Right? Yeah, exactly. But I love when, like, at least it just happens more nowadays where an artist will trust me and they'll like let me lead them into the promised land. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with the whole profile that you have with music videos and the word about and the whole popularity that you get, I would assume they would be like, yeah, dude, do whatever you, whatever you want to do. You know, you, you're the, you're the man, you know? So, um, so when you first started, what kind of equipment did you use? Did you use like a basic camera? Did you use like a, you know, what did you use? Yes. I always, I always tell people this cause they'll see, they'll be on set with me and they see me like my red camera and all this gear. And they're like, man, you got everything, man. I wish I had all this. And I'm like, D- I didn't used to have anything. Like all I had was a little DSLR, a little nifty 50 lens. And I made my shoulder rig out of PVC pipe. Like I $15, you know, like I found a way to make it. And that was all I had. I shot like a, like a big chunk of my music videos on that. Really? Just to build up. Cause I wanted, my dream was to get a red camera. That was like, you know, I got to get there someday. And eventually I did get there, you know, just hustling, doing shooting by myself, you know, like no help. Got to yeah. use like whatever I can find. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the same thing with me. Uh, when I started podcasting, I had this little focus, right? Uh, audio uh, interface and it only had like two imports for the mics. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I need to build up to, to this. And I, I, I saw this roadcaster and I was like, it's got four mic imports. It has a, you know, Bluetooth and it has all this and that. And I was like, I got to get that. And I, I'm still paying payments on it, but it's a it's a step ahead to what my idea was for this show and it's coming true little by little and stuff like that so i totally agree and totally see how you know how you came up with all that too stuff like that exactly and i feel like some people try to jump ahead too fast like some like you know like it's almost like when i started filmmaking if i I need a red right away. Like, I don't think that yeah. would have been a smart decision. I wouldn't even have any traction yet. Yeah. And some people, they, I guess they like, you know, they assume I need this and I need this. I need this. I can't do this without this. I can't do this without that. I can, you know, and then they spend all this money. And then at the end of the day, they're like, I don't want to do it anymore. Exactly. Three months later. <laughs> I feel like, and this is something that I always talk about is consistency. Yeah, exactly. That I have some friends who are like that and they're just like, eh, they, they move on to the next thing. And I'm like, Dude, you spent so much money on that stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, but I don't, I don't feel like doing it anymore." And it's kind of like, um, like yeah, it's like, can I have it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course, they're like, "No, I'm just gonna sell it." But, um, yeah, it's 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 all about dedication too. You know, if you want to, you know, be a film maker or you want to do a podcast, you have to have that dedication, and you. You can't just like, like I said, you can't buy something and then three months later you're you're done with it. You gotta want to be like focused and just dedicated to it. Absolutely, it's not overnight. It's and I feel like everything good takes time. Yeah, As, you know, like with the music videos and all that, and then um, you know, film directing and cinematography and all this and that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. good things come to those who wait. Yes, they do. <laughs> so I know you were talking about Christopher Nolan being one of your favorite directors. What are, what are some of his, your favorite movies from him? I think the one that, the two that hit me the hardest, I know for sure, is Interstellar. Because I went to go see that, I think, at least four times. Four IMAX. times? Wow. I couldn't get enough of that film. I was hooked when I saw that <laughs> film. I just, my favorite scene in that film, I think, is when he 
ju- like throws himself into the black hole. Do you mm-hmm. that scene? Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Oh man! There's but no. I know it's Matthew McConaughey. Just think about that. Somebody throws themselves into a black hole. Doesn't just sound scary, right? Like, yeah. What's gonna happen? You don't know, right? Like, what would happen if somebody threw themselves in a black hole? Was it Matthew McConaughey's character? Yes, like, I'm just gonna go into the black hole and yeah, I'll be back. Much. You're like, no, don't do it. <laughs> and it's, I remember actually being scared watching that part because you just don't know what's gonna happen. This is somewhere humanity's never gone, and they had this very realistic approach to that film. So it was kind of like, what's about to happen? And then I don't want to ruin it for you. You, need to, you definitely need to check it out. It's, it's, it's been some, it's been some years, so I might have to check it out. Like I've never seen uh, Inception either. Oh, that's that's a. Uh, yeah, I just rewatched that recently because I I had seen it a few times, but I didn't really like get it. Mm-hmm. Now I get it; it's awesome. Yeah, because you know everyone was talking about the hype, and and I'm like, I don't I don't get the hype of the movie, and then I'm just like, I I'm just gonna stay with because I'm confused already. But um, Christopher Nolan is really good at like putting what he his vision into movies, and then it coming true, and then. You watch it and you're like, damn, it's good, you know? Especially with like yes. Batman and stuff like that. Batman, yeah, I mean, everybody thought like, oh, this is not going to be good, but then it ends up being like one of the greatest movies of all time, you know? Exactly. Dark Knight Rises, I think that's what it is. Yeah, and the, I think it's the third one or something yeah, like that. that was, those two, those definitely are my two films that I go to Interstellar and, and Dark Knight. So are you a comic book person? I am not. I'm no? not a comic book person. Um, so what are you, what are your interests other than filmmaking, sir? I definitely skateboard. Uh, that's what I, that was another one of my quarantine hobbies. You know, I couldn't work that <laughs> yeah. much. So I was like writing and to get out of the house, I'd go skateboarding. Cool. Uh, cause a lot of the skate parks were open. Um, surprisingly, a lot of them were still, I guess cause it's kind of like a social distancing mm-hmm. activity in general. So I'd find a skate park that was open and just go skateboard all day. That's cool. So growing up Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk's favorite. Yeah, that's what dude. Got, what I, what got me hooked on. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to start skateboarding like as soon as I played that game. Same here, but I, I just couldn't balance on that too, on the skateboard. I ended up like busting. Yeah, I, I think I was like ten years old or something like that, and my parents bought me one, and I tried doing it, and was like, you know what? I'm just gonna stick to bikes. I'm cool. But oh, yeah, there's that thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna stick to bikes. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, I stuck it through. I was like, you know, I don't care if I fall because. I had two of my other buddies that were doing it too and they were trying and I was like, well, if we're going to all try to go, then I'm just going to keep, keep grinding. And then I was grinding. So here we are. I I quit. I stopped. I think I skateboarded from 14 to 20. I'm 35 now. So Mm -hmm. I started skateboarding again when I was 32. Oh, okay. It was kind of like, I definitely had to take it easy. Getting back on the horse again. huh? I couldn't do the crazy stuff I used to do when I was a kid. So. So did you play? Did you play Tony Hawk Pro Skater the game? Oh yeah, that was on. Uh, I think I played on Xbox, the original Xbox. Nice, yeah. nice, dude. I just got the remasters for the first and second one. They're so it's so fun, and I'm like, wow! It imagine if we had the, those graphics back when we were kids, and I'm like, I blind mind blowing. But um, Pro Skater Three is my favorite one. I got hooked on it. I think it was because of the soundtrack. Yeah. And the soundtrack, uh, dude, I don't know what it is about the soundtrack. And I've seen, there's a documentary that talks about them making Tony Hawk, the video game. Mm-hmm. And they're like, dude, they're like, I don't even know what it is about the soundtrack. But the soundtrack has been the, like the most influential soundtrack in like of all time. Because of just all these bands at the time, the music, and just it, it, it pushed the whole genre forward of skateboarding. It just made it look cool. 
And I mean, that's what kind of got me into like punk music and, and stuff like that. Like With Goldfinger and Superman and Rage Against the Machine and all those songs. Ramones yeah. and, and Motorhead. Motorhead was in one of them. And this one band, um, it, it, what, I forgot the name. They're from Australia. Um, but yeah, this one song, I would always like play it whenever I was skateboarding as my character. And I just got addicted to the song. And I just, that's where I who got would you pick? Um, who was it? I, I, I think I'd always pick like Tony Hawk or I'd make like my own character or something like yeah, that. Yeah, when you could make your own character, that was always fun. Like it's like Rodney Mullen or something. Yeah, I, I forgot who Andrew I picked. Reynolds. Yeah, video games have been very big in my life too as well. Um, of course, I'm, you know, we're talking about video games. I'm, I'm assuming you play, are you more PlayStation or Xbox? Oh, that's a, that's a very trending topic right now because I'm trying to get myself a PS5, but I can't seem to find one. I've been like following these Twitters trying to like, cause you know, I work a lot, yeah. but um, I'll get a notification on my phone that says uh, PS5 drop right now going on at GameStop and I'll try to like get it. And I've it's a bots, dude. It's those bots. They're those damn bots. They buy up all of the PS5s and Xboxes and then they sell them for double the price. Exactly. Worst thing recently is I was on Walmart. I got into my cart, went to check out, and as soon as I hit proceed to check out, it was like, this item is no longer in your cart. That's crazy. It's like, dude, this is my cart. How do you sell all of this? <laughs> I, like, oh, this <laughs> oh. I like, want to get a PS5. I'm, I'm strictly PlayStation. I mean, I didn't have an Xbox in high school for like a couple of years, but the only reason I had it is because I could play music while I was playing video games yeah. and at the time playstation didn't have that so i was like hell yeah i just move over to xbox screw it you know and um and then my brother got the ps3 and i was like move over xbox i'm getting a ps3 <laughs> right <laughs> so i mean i've always stuck with playstation but i do want to get a ps5 it's just for me i rather i always wait with like a year or two because the bugs and the glitches and you know, not, not, not that many video games are out for the PS5, other than like the ones that came out. But you can like transfer the data and stuff like that. And I was like, no, I'd rather wait. You know, because I just I don't want to spend like five six hundred bucks, and then it's like glitching out on me or, or messing there. up. Yeah, and I mean it wouldn't sit there, but it'd be kind of difficult because it's like I'm already playing PS4, yes. and it's kind of like oh, which one do I pick? What do I, you know? It, so it's like oh, I'd rather wait. You know. For me, so that's how it is. Yeah, I definitely agree. And you know, I don't get the game too much, but if I do get the game, I want to like, I want it to be a good game. So, and I know they're going to come out with like a, a new Resident Evil. I think they're doing some because I'd like horror survival games. Those are like mm -hmm. what I tend to gravitate to. Um, I guess because I like horror films a lot. But you know, new age uh, horror games are getting more and more realistic, more and more like intense. Like I do a lot of VR, which is like. Yeah, this is the stuff I do when I'm not like, <laughs> doing my filmmaking stuff. Uh, I definitely like I have an Oculus Quest and I play that like when I get a chance. But doing horror games and VR is like the scariest thing. <laughs> I bet, dude. Um, a friend of mine invited me over to his apartment one time, and he was like, "Dude, you need to try this VR." And I was like, "Okay, cool." You know, I wear glasses, so it's kind of like I would I yeah. thought it was gonna be hard for me, but I put them on, and I'm like it feels like you're in a different world and i'm like oh my god this is like this is crazy with the v and this like you said you were talking about like horror games i would probably shit my pants <laughs> with a game in like your that face. You yeah feel exactly like you're there, so it's just like 
gotta close your eyes you know like it's, it's very intense <laughs> and then you run into like the wall or something you're like Oop. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah so horror games are your thing did you play the last of us i mean it's not really a horror game but it, it's a no i never got to that was definitely a game that i was like i needed to play it like my friend showed it to me it was super cool but i just never got around to it I played the first one because my brother and he he likes to get all the the games when they come out. It was really good. It was kind of a little. It was a thriller, of course, because you know there's like a zombie, like not a zombie apocalypse, but there's zombies sort of like that, and they're deformed and stuff like that. And it's like it's creepy because you know you're you're trying to like creep and be quiet, and they'll pop up and like you know try to attack you, and you're like, oh crap, I'm I'm dead. Forget it. Just I'll play it later. <laughs> But it's a good one. Games. I haven't seen, I haven't played the second one yet, but uh, I've heard a lot of good things about yeah, the second same one. Same here. I've heard good things as well. Um, but horror games are not really my my thing. Um, other than, I mean, there's a couple of games, but like I've never really played Resident Evil that much. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of game titles and franchises that I never like got around to, like Final Fantasy um, and stuff like that, or Metal Gear Solid, same. and it's just like. It never really piqued my interest, but it, you know, for other people, there's like, oh, you're crazy. You're supposed to play that. And I'm like, nah, just, it's not my thing, you know? I, I, I like yeah. playing, like, sounds corny, but like, I play, like, like sports video games. Mm-hmm. Even though I can play the sport, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fully capable of playing the sport, but I just enjoy playing with, like, favorite teams and, and stuff like that. It's kind of like, you're you're playing, you know, you're taking control of some other somebody else and stuff like that. But yeah, the I games know. I liked growing up were like Spyro and Crash Bandicoot yeah. and, and just stuff like that. I and they made they re I'm sorry, <laughs> they remastered those games as well, and I bought them as soon as they came out. And I'm like, this is awesome because it's it took me back to a much simpler time. I was just like, I didn't have anything to worry about. I woke up. Turned on my PlayStation and, and played video games all day, and it felt like forever. You know, growing up, it's like, what? It's only eight o'clock, and it feels like I've been playing for like three days straight. You know? Did you notice that Crash Bandicoot was like harder? Yeah. Than it used to be. Yeah. I was well, like, holy crap! I don't remember <laughs> this game being this hard. It it I don't know what happened. I think it's like that whole. Um, it's, no, it's not the Lucky Charms or the um, tricks. Where it's like, I, I think it's the, I don't know which one it was. I think it's like tricks where they, they're little shapes. But after a while, they started just like being like simple colors or whatever like that. Simple, simple shapes. I think that's what it was like for me. It was like Crash Bandicoot was so easy when we were younger. And then we play the remaster and I'm like, why do I keep dying? Yeah, they made oh. it for us. Like they, they like made it harder because they knew we would have trouble. That's just, well, supposedly that's like sense. it's the same difficulty. And I'm like, maybe just my brain is not as fresh as it used to be i don't know but games like that they 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 do keep my mind sharp and i'm like okay i gotta do this i gotta do it you know but uh yeah i I love playing those games and then like racing games and um i never really got into call of duty i played a couple of games but it was just like uh eh, it's not for me you know everybody else is playing modern warfare and i'm just like oh i got the new madden game or whatever so but yeah, uh, yeah, I've never been much into the games that require me to play 300 hours, you know, like too yeah. much time. Like I got to be able to have like I play a lot of uh, EA Skate 3. 
yeah things like that where i can just play like and in between rendering times like i could okay i can play this game <laughs> for a little bit and get back to work like stuff yeah like yeah, yeah. i can just hop in and hop out yeah sometimes i do that too when i'm editing i'm just like okay it's loading let me play this for a little bit and then like okay we're gonna fix you know this and that so i i totally know what you mean like uh, it, 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 you know trying to tend up i didn't play for a good while dude like for about a year i stopped because i was so into like the band i was in at the time and then after i left i was just really focused on like my relationship and stuff like that so i didn't really play video games because after a while she got kind of like tired of me playing video games <laughs> and i'm like but this is me and i was i just i just stopped for like a whole year and a half i think and then the whole pandemic hit and then i was like you know i haven't played a video game in a while so um i got god of war and that's what kind of started it a little bit and i was like okay I think I'm getting back into the groove again, and then I got Spyro, and then I got Crash Bandicoot, and then I got all these other games. <laughs> so, excuse me, I, I'm getting back into the groove playing video games again, to where it's like, I just bought a new game, and it's like, yeah. but I haven't finished the other one, so it's like, which one do I pick? So, Backlog, is that what they call it? Yeah, something like that. Like, I wanted to get the new Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yeah, that looks good. Looks but cool. I was like... From what I heard, it's only like eight hours. So, like, oh, if you play through it the whole time, it's like yeah. eight hours. But the first one is like twenty plus hours, and I was like, I don't want to play a game that's shorter than my my work schedule, yeah. <laughs> my work shift. So I'm like, eh, I'll wait. You there's know. like games that are too long, and there's games that are too short. That's that's a big thing in VR. Like some games will be an hour, and I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm not gonna pay fifty dollars for an hour experience. Exactly, like, dude. What is this? No, no, I wouldn't either. I'm just like, you can keep your money. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a little bit, a little bit longer. So, um, so other than like movie franchises, I think we we're talking about like Batman and stuff. Like, what's your what's your favorite movie franchise that you have? Movie franchise? Oh, like you're talking about like trilogies? And yeah, stuff trilogies like, that. like um, say like Star Wars, Harry Potter, oh, um, Marvel movies, stuff right like there. that. I'm definitely a Harry Potter fan. I definitely went to that Harry Potter theme bar. <laughs> That was so cool. I'm I mean, sorry. It wasn't like a premium experience. Or yeah, like but that. it's just it was the cool Harry Potter like, theme. You know, yeah, do something here, and especially in times like this. So I have a confession, and I, I don't, I don't want you to like walk up and just leave. But I, I'm not really a big Harry Potter fan. That's okay. Not everybody likes it, and I've met plenty of people that don't like it, but I like it. <laughs> like it's in the back of your mind, you're like this son of a bitch. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not for everyone, dude. It's I've had, like, I don't yeah. really like superhero films. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, it's, it's not everybody enjoys them. I mean, um, you know, like I have a couple, like my girlfriend, she, I have to take her to the movies with me. Whenever I go see these Marvel movies, I'm like, come on, let's go. And she's like, why? I was like, because then if you don't watch it and then I do later, you're not going to understand it and you're going to get upset. And that's like, no, you're going to go. But with Harry Potter, I didn't really watch it is because... I couldn't watch it growing up oh, because you yeah. get the whole witchcraft and then all this and this and that. So, um, just recently a friend of mine was like, Hey dude, watch the movie. Cause I had him on my, my show yeah. and he was like, Hey, watch the first one for me. Just, just watch it. And I was like, okay, I kid you not. I'm sitting there and I'm pausing like every five minutes, just like critiquing the movie. And I'm like, what? That, that wouldn't work. What? That makes no <laughs> sense. And I'm like, 
I was like, I'm probably ruining it the whole experience, but I mean, it's okay. I enjoyed it. I mean, that's not the first Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter I've seen. I've seen, yeah. I think, like, I was going to say episode seven. Um, I think it's like seven or eight. Deathly Hallows, like part one and two. I don't think it was that one. A long time ago, I, I went with an ex girlfriend of mine. I fell asleep through it, but I, I went to go see it. I, I have the tickets up somewhere, but yeah, I just that was never really something I got into. But I know it's a whole big fandom, you know, those, stuff like that. Those films definitely released like when I was younger, so it was kind of like almost like growing up with them. Mm-hmm. So I got fortunate, even though I went to like a Christian private school for some reason, my mother bought the first Harry Potter film and I didn't even ask her for it, she was just there, <laughs> and I was like summertime nothing to do i'm by myself i was like started watching it and i got hooked and i started watching it a bunch and then every time movie came out well now i gotta see it so that's just kind of a little special special place in my heart um but yeah i think that it's a great story um and it kind of showed me like the power of a franchise Mm because i think at the time there was also um i think a lot of stuff that was popular was like lord of the rings and twilight and stuff like that so i think i always kind of gravitate gravitated towards harry potter yeah yeah i'm surprised they never did like a u.s version of harry potter because i know it's a lot of actors are uk and i was like how would they how would they do it for like an american version of harry potter and i was like i don't think it would work i think it would just be like kind of not boring but i think they would try to make it funny try to like appeal to some of the people because you know uh people's uh, attention span is very short so they gotta have something funny and laughing in front of their face and stuff like that so i'm like yeah, i don't I think it would work that. i never thought that it would they would if if someone decided to make a u.s spin-off <laughs> an american spin-off of harry potter it's like totally unnecessary <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you again yeah. Again, because okay. <laughs> I know they're making they they've made those Fantastic Beasts and and whatnot movies, and I'm like, you're making more Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. guys. Come on, man. I mean, yeah. those are okay, <laughs> just not the same. No, yeah, it's a lot of people said that they're not the same. So right. yeah, so Lord of the Rings. Not a big fan of Lord of the Rings. I felt like I tried to read the first. I tried to read The Hobbit. I remember that when it got popular, like I asked my mom for the book, and I couldn't get into it. And the films were pretty good. I still I went and saw them all. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, the other one was the Matrix series. That was also a big. There was a lot yeah. of trilogies back in the day. There was a lot of franchises. Yeah, dude, the I, they had time. Yeah. They had time. They so, were just like fuck it. The Lord of the Rings films were good, but I was never like a huge Lord of the Ring fan or anything like that. I liked them. I really. Because they, they came out when I was, like, younger. So my parents took me. And I'm like, how long is this movie? Like, three hours long. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and I sat there like a champ. And I'm just like, man, these movies are good. And then they would take me again. Like, I think it was, like, two years later, the second one come out. And then two years later, the third one came out. I'm like, man, these movies are good. I did try to go see the Hobbit series. But I just I just wasn't really interested. I, I think it kind of boring. on Red. So I was like, oh, I got to check this out. You know? <laughs> camera at the time so it's cool to like you know have a red camera knowing that it was utilized to make some of the some of the lord of the rings yeah peter jackson dude i mean he's such a great director he's done so many good movies. i'm surprised he hasn't done a star wars movie yet which i don't think he has is he still you know i haven't heard his name in a while i he's, just rewatched the lovely bones not too long ago he is directing but he's doing a documentary right now mm. for the beatles Oh wow! Let it be. Yeah. So I, I think Let It Be came out in 1970. 
but he's kind of like revamping the documentary and talking about the whole let it be sessions and stuff like that so that's what he's doing as of now it's supposed it was supposed to come out this year but i think i guess it's coming out next year that's probably gonna be pretty cool then yeah i i like i said peter i like his i like his the way he directs and some of his documentaries and stuff like that but like i love the beatles i mean to see the whole i guess story pan out with let it be because there was a lot of like like drama and stuff like that with, with the Beatles at that time before they broke up. So it's, it's going to be kind of interesting to see all like this footage of never before seen stuff with them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I like Lord of the Rings. Um, Star Wars is a big um, franchise that I'm, I'm really into just great movies, dude. I mean, question for you. How did you feel about the final film? What was your take on that? The, the, the last film the of the episode film. nine. Um, as far as I remember it, I thought it was decent. I mean, did you go to the movies to see it? I did. I did. I did. I seen all three of them in movie theaters, except no. Yeah, I saw all three, except the second one. I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) So the, the story with that one is my girlfriend's uncle, who is also a huge Star Wars fan and some of his friends, they invited me to go to the movies. So I was like, okay, cool. So we go to his friend's apartment. We hang out there, and this, of course, they come out during Christmas time, and we're eating cookies, and we're doing games and stuff like that, and they're like, okay, it's time to go to the movies, and it was right, right across the street, so we'd walk, and we get there, and the doors are cl- they're locked, and the guy's like, what, what's going on? We're supposed to see, like, the one o'clock showing, and I'm like, one o'clock in the morning? Like, I thought we were supposed to go at 12, <laughs> and he's like, no, it's at one. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. It's cool. It's fine. Whatever. I don't have anything to do, so the usher comes in and like what are y'all doing and she he was like hey we're supposed to watch the movie and he was like no we're closed and he's like what so they called the manager and he's like hey man i bought the tickets online they said it was supposed to be a one o'clock showing he's like oh i'm sorry sir um here i'll make it up to you guys go here and you guys can watch the movie you know all by yourselves what? So we watched the movie. We had a whole theater At to ourselves. A, is it 1 a.m.? 1 a.m. in the morning. Wow. And I was just like. <laughs> I was, but it because it was so late. I was tired. Yeah, by 3 o'clock? Jesus. Yeah, by 3 o'clock. And I'm like, oh. I think I saw a couple scenes here and there. But I was like, <laughs> I have. I have and the one movie, too, that I fell asleep through and I continue to fall asleep through is Rogue One. I actually really liked Rogue One. But I. But I. And I I don't blame you for falling asleep. I feel like they're they can be slow. Yeah, with that one, it's not. It's more, I guess, laid back, and it's more involving in the story instead of like Star Wars, just like pew, 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 you know, and everything like that. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I've seen that movie three times, and each time I fall asleep. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the one movie I can't not watch. It's Star Wars related. I was like, that's weird. So the third one, you. You did like it or you did? I did. I did. It's not like, like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest right. ending of the whole Skywalker saga, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. I mean, there was, of course, a lot of plot holes and stuff like that. Things that could have changed, things that could have made better, but I enjoy it. I like Star Wars movies. I'm not a typical Star Wars fan where I bick, I bicker and I complain and I nitpick certain things in movies and stuff like that, you know. So I, I go and I enjoy the movie for what it is. And then later on, I'm like, oh, no, yeah, maybe that was wrong. Maybe they shouldn't have done that, you know? 
I definitely like grew up like my brother was like a huge Star Wars fan growing mm -hmm. up, so I'd always watch the movies with him. So seeing the last one, uh, initially, you know, I was like, that wasn't that bad. That was kind of good. And then kind of like in retrospect, I got to kind of figure out, okay, what did I just watch? Uh -huh. And then really think about it. And then I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that kind of doesn't make sense. <laughs> it started all kind of hitting me. But I feel like it was still, um, sometimes with movies like that, especially franchise films, it's kind of like uh, just entertainment. You know, yeah. it's entertainment. So uh, I was entertained. I felt yeah. like I enjoyed it. And but if I had to break it down into film analysis, I don't know. <laughs> that know? would be a pretty good podcast to put. You know, <laughs> talking about breaking down movies and like no, 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 that didn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, but it was entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it was good. I mean, the whole series spans almost forty years, more than forty years. So it's like. People expect the whole thing to end on a shebang. Exactly. Everybody has their own way that they wanted it to end. And they couldn't make everybody happy. That's one of those things. Like every it's dear to everybody's hearts. You know, everybody grew up with it. Everybody wanted their ending and it it didn't happen for a lot of people. Yeah, and a lot of people were still upset about it, but I'm like, it's a movie. You don't have to watch it if you don't like it, you know? But oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I for me, I like the original trilogy, four, five, and six, because they're they're great. I didn't really I, I watched the prequels but I kind of got brainwashed in a way where I'm like, oh the sequels suck. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. I love the originals and then I think of those prequels. I think maybe I liked Phantom Menace. I was like in sixth grade when that came out, so I thought it was awesome, you know. Yeah, I mean the first one is not that bad, but like you said, if you break it down and see it in a different way you kind of can be like oh, no that wouldn't work that doesn't make sense and stuff like that and george lucas came out recently and said he's like you guys don't understand the prequels you don't understand what it think you know what it means to be george lucas <laughs> <laughs> i love that documentary they did of uh is it like george lucas and the or whatever it's like the love and hate relationship with george lucas mm -hmm. how the fans like love him because they he made star wars but they also hate him for ruining it yeah you know um and then uh how do you feel about mandalorian i think Mandalorian. oh my gosh series. that show is amazing dude when when i heard about it i was like oh man this is like a space western yeah and it's like they tell they pictured in the first couple of seasons, the first couple of episodes, and then it kind of takes on to this new thing. With recently the new season, um, they started borrowing a lot of things from Japanese um, film, that. and I was like, okay, I see where y'all guys are going. You know, and a lot of cowboy films um, kind of inspired a lot of Japanese films in a way too, and vice versa, mm -hmm. without them knowing. But um, that happens a lot. There's a lot of films that are recreated and inspired you know like they always say like a bug's life is based off a japanese film you know like there's all these different yeah they said the same that. thing with lion king or something like that and yeah. i was like whatever man whatever it gets lion. you know <laughs> white lion but yeah I, the mandalorian is a great series dude i'm i a lot of people say it's probably better than the best thing that they came out of star wars and i was yes, like i agree i think it's the closest to how the trilogy the original trilogy feels like when you watch it you're like okay this is kind of what i was looking for yeah at least and it kind of it's bridging the gap between the old series and the new sequels and i was like okay so it's in that time period 
between you know the whole the empire falling and the new order um coming up to order and stuff like that so i was like okay this is cool you're getting like a like a prequel into like the sequels and stuff like that so but yeah i really enjoyed it they're doing some really cool innovative stuff behind the scenes too i don't know if you've seen like uh instead of doing green screen backdrops they're doing a what looks like giant um led screen or i don't know what kind of screen it is but it's definitely like it goes all the way around the actors so wherever the camera points that's their background i've so seen that you see the sky and desert it's a screen and that's like hasn't i haven't seen anybody do that before it's kind of like innovative yeah i they have this thing on disney plus it's called um something gallery and it kind of goes into depth of them um filmmaking the mandalorian and stuff like that and i was like you guys aren't doing green screen that's a that's a whole like super cool it's kind of it's like a panoramic like screen and i'm like but mind-blowing i mean you don't even have to go to locations anymore so that's how much it is yeah (laughs) a lot put that in my studio you wouldn't have to go anywhere (laughs) but yeah the mandalorian is pretty good i enjoyed that um uh, supposedly they're supposed to do like Lord of Rings stuff I think on Amazon and um, I'm kind of like I don't know about that I don't know we'll see there is something going on with that isn't there yeah it's supposed to be like radar I don't know I don't remember interesting but yeah uh, I'm also a Marvel fan I like Marvel movies even though Martin Scorsese says they're the the, the horrible thing of film of, of cinema and I'm like nah dude I mean I like your movies too but Come on, man. I don't know if you're gonna like one of my unpopular opinions. Okay, I'll save it for let's that. Uh, yeah, let's save for unpopular opinions at that time. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I enjoy those movies. I like I said, I grew up, I grew up kind of like a nerd kind of way, geek. I liked video games. I like comic books. I like characters and stuff like that. So um, I think the first mo- well, the first movie I saw was X Men when I came out in '99, yes. and I was like, oh wow, I was like, what the hell is this? And I knew the cartoon, but, like, the movie was so much, like, it was so, like, mind-blowing. Because I was like, wow, they brought these characters to life, in you know, in, in, in live action. And then Spider-Man came out in, like, 2002, and I got hooked on Spider-Man. Yeah. I was like, Spider-Man, this Tobey was Maguire. so great. Yeah, Tobey Maguire. Uh, that's my one of my unpopular opinions is that I think it, Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man. I think he is too. <laughs> I still hold that as my favorite series of Spider-Man. One of the uh, the bands I've had on my show, uh, Camera Cult, we've talked about that, and he he's like, I think we we say that because of the nostalgic feel, but I'm like, no, nah, dude, he's now? the best one. <laughs> I did. I actually bought the. It's like a trilogy, but it's like a Blu-ray trilogy, mm-hmm. and I I watched all three of them in like separate days and i was like these movies kind of still hold up i mean there's kind of cringy early 2000s like culture in it but i mean the story kind of holds up even if you were to do that same story now i think it would still hold up the same way Mm -hmm. you know and i mean they're retelling the story so many times again so it's kind of like like i said it is still holding up but just i think with the new spider-man um I kind of like him a little bit better because it's not oh, really? your tip. It's not your typical, you know, um, like the movie starts, you know, he becomes a nerd and then gets bitten by the spider. And then, you know, uncle Ben dies and he starts to get vengeance and blah, blah, blah. He's just a kid. So he's kind of like, I don't know what to do. And then he starts hanging out with all these like superheroes. So he's like caught up in all that. Yeah. And I think that's so 
that's so different and I think it's refreshing from when Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire did because it's for the newer generation you know like I said people need to have something that's you know eye popping and, and this and that gotta catch their attention so I think with that it, I, I like I like Tom Holland the Spider-Man I think he's cool so I like Tobey Maguire and I didn't mind too much Andrew Garfield actually I couldn't I just couldn't dude I mean I saw the second The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in theaters and I told my brother I'm sorry I, I took you to this movie <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that skateboarding scene where he's like doing really cringy things. Uh, I was like, no. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> he's probably like, do I have to do this again like that? <laughs> oh, okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, dude, my Marvel movies are some of my favorite movies too. Uh, of course, um, I like the DC movies like Superman and Batman too. Um, my favorite one, I think I would have to put like my top five is the Christopher Reeve Superman. Oh, the from original. the 1970s, like 78, 77, yeah. 78. Cause it's just such a good movie. It's very, it's at a slow pace, but it does speed up a little bit here and there. And I think that's just like the perfect comic book movie other than Spider-Man 2. There's definitely some good, I think it was a do- whole documentary on the making of those films. Like all yeah. the stuff that happened behind the scenes, pretty interesting stuff. And they filmed one and two back to back, which is crazy to me. Cause I'm like, how do you do that? How do you keep, track of okay we're doing this scenes for the first movie and then we're doing these scenes for the second movie yeah. it's crazy it's crazy like I, if, that was one of the interesting things uh, taking it back to power rangers but um they were talking to me about how they were filming multiple episodes at once mm-hmm. so they would be like in the command center you know the command center they'd be talking about something and then they'd get the pages for the next episode so they'd have to change clothes and then do that again and then they're like, they turn the camera this way. And now they're filming the other episode. You know, like, could you imagine that? Never knowing, like, yeah, what it's so confusing. <laughs> it's like, did I just film four, nine, and twelve, like, yes. in all in ten minutes? <laughs> yeah, just grinding. Yeah, dude. I. That's what. Like, I'm not a, like I said. I'm not a filmmaker, and but like, the whole techniques. It's so magical to me because it's like, how do you do that? How do they do this? And it, it's just amazing. And I'm like saying, you being a filmmaker yourself and, and, and a director in a way, it's like, it's cool. It's like you're a magician. That's what we do. <laughs> that movie magic, right? Yeah. Um, but I always approach it. It's almost like probably how you approach podcasting. It's just problem solving. It's like, how can, how can I attack this situation uh, the best way possible? How can I make this happen? You know, mm-hmm. that's all it is, just figuring out how to do it. Yeah, I mean, I've had run-ins with certain topics, and I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to solve with this. Like, um, uh, one of the episodes I've done was for season two. I had to, I was kind of put against the wall because of the guest that I had. He kind of was coming at me with certain political and social topics that, I didn't necessarily agree on, but it was not something that I was like totally against. I just uh, had a different view and he kind of came at me sideways and kind of like put me in the wall and I like didn't know where to come out and I didn't know how to like solve my way to get out of it. So it was, it was really difficult and I was like, (sighs) it's like wrong place. That's something that I experienced very recently, like wrong place, wrong, you know, wrong time to be doing that like why can't we have this conversation you know 
privately mm-hmm. you know, let's just hash it out and then we'll get on and talk about it you know like why yeah. you got it why do you have to try to make me look bad you know like yeah. what's the point of that yeah it, the I, ego thing yeah it's like like i i get i know how he is and um i kind of knew it coming into him like okay i know he's gonna want to talk about this but i'm gonna like try to steer it away apparently he kind of took hold of the wheel and i was like did it anyways (laughs) yeah i was like here we go i'm I'm along for the ride (laughs) and i've had a lot of people tell me about that episode they're like man i feel bad for you and it's like it 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 is what it is you know it's it's a learning experience but it also it kind of makes him look bad in a way and it's like i didn't intend to for that to happen but it just did and i'm like it's not it's your fault dude i mean I tried to like not talk about that, but you can you tell know. when people are trying to instigate and people, other people will recognize that too. So yeah, on you. I've also had people cancel on me because of stuff like that. I had a girl cancel on me because of that same episode. So I had, um, scheduled her for an episode, like a couple of weeks down the road and I was really excited. She was a YouTuber. I liked some of her content and I was like, Hey, let's, let's hook up. Let's, We'll see if we can work together. You know, you can talk about my podcast on your YouTube. I'll talk about your YouTube on my podcast. And, you know, this and this and that. And the whole stuff during mid-2020 started happening, you know, with the whole social justice and all this and that. And um, she was kind of like, I'm going to listen to your episode. The one I did with with that guy. And she was like, if I don't like what I hear... I'm going to cancel on you. I'm not going to want to do the episode. And I kind of told her, I was like, well, we were not even going to talk about social issues at all. Mm -hmm. Because when you talk about social issues, some people get very touchy and very sensitive about stuff like that. And then there's no way of like getting them back. They're just full on, you know, in that mode. So I told her, I was like, no, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this one. But she listened to the episode and, um, yeah, she was like, I, I can't do this. I can't, I feel like I can't trust you or I don't feel comfortable talking to you. And I'm like, wait, what? And I was like, how do you not feel comfortable talking to me? It's like, that's weird. But I was like, Hey, look, God bless. Hey, you know, hope you do good on your YouTube channel. Maybe we'll work in the future, you know, sometime. Yeah. So, but it was really, it was really sad for me because it was like, I don't want people to view me, view me as that, you know, because yeah, I do have different opinions, but I'm not like a monster or anything like that. I just, you know, some people have different viewpoints and it, it shouldn't affect, um, stuff like that, you know, cause I've, I've had people on the show have different viewpoints than me and we get along just fine and they're not calling me racist or anything like that and it's just it's just um adults talking you know it's i think people get really caught up in people not having the same opinion as them and they get just triggered yeah it's like why aren't you like me (laughs) i'm right like people a lot of people are like that a majority of people are like that i have a lot of friends that are like that and it's like i have to be careful to not bring it up and um especially with the podcast too it's like i've had i had questions um for each episode where it's like i kind of wanted to talk about it but just a little bit and then bring it back to what it was but 
after a while, I had to get rid of them because some people just don't know how to take different opinions. Yeah. So it was like, I'm not going to do this. And I really don't like talking about political views and social justice views, even though I did an episode about that. But it was for something that I was very passionate about. And I knew a lot of people would be, too. But I just know that, like I said, if I talk about it and somebody gets offended, there's no going back. It's their dog is out and they're going to come and bite me because I have a different opinion than they do. But I just keep my I keep my stuff like that private. It's yeah, like, yeah, that's just it, the way I go. Yeah, I can I can see that. And now I'm just kind of like oh, I, don't, I don't really want to talk about it. You know, I am, uh, I don't want to get to it. You know, let's talk about Cheez Its. I don't know. <laughs> and I go. see there's a box of Cheez Its right there. <laughs> it really is. So, um, but yeah, I I try to defer from questions like that now, especially like I said with the whole election thing. And it's like, oh, I've oh my god, sensitive I, time. For sure. Yeah, this whole its whole year became something that I did not see coming at all. I thought 2020 was going to be fun. I thought I was going to do so many things. I was going to go see all these shows, hang out with friends, do this. And then all this stuff happened. And then more stuff started happening on top of that. And it's like, oh, man. You remember when it was 14 days? Just It's just, just 14 days. Yeah. Just for the mass. It's, it's up for a couple of days. It'd be cool. And then 14 days turned into 10 months. <laughs> it's December. <laughs> hey, guys, are those 14 days over? No. We're about to hit a year. In March. In March, it's going to be a year. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. And even then, we're still going to have to wear a mask. Yeah. And I'm like, we're never going to get out of this cycle. When do you think that we're going to start wearing masks? Never. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe sometime in the summer. I don't know. I guess when everybody gets, quote, unquote, vaccinated. But even then, people still might not get it. And then you're not really 100% sure if the vaccine will work and if it's going to keep you, you know, uh, you know, from the virus getting for you or whatever, whatnot, you know, how, how it works. So I don't know. It's it's really, really a sensitive topic, topic to talk about because you don't really know. And people will get upset and then the conspiracy theories come in and then it's like, oh, crap. This is yeah. another episode of Joe Rogan. <laughs> and, and it's going to be kind of like awkward for me sometimes because, you know, there's anti-maskers. But I, I just directed a PSA for Harris County like there. I did their mask wearing PSA. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's coming out in January. Um, so that kind of gave me a little bit of a timeline of like, OK, we're obviously still going to be wearing masks in January. And I knew that in November. Um, but then there's. Cause you know, I needed volunteers for this commercial to come and like talk about like why they should be wearing their mask. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't wear them. So it's kind <laughs> of like awkward, but, um, obviously I wear mine. Yeah. All that, so. I mean, it, like I said, just for safety and, and health reasons, it's like I, I wear mine and I don't like wearing it. It's annoying, but I'm like, and, it, and I told people this, and it's like, hey, look, I like going out. I like going and get food. I like going and hang out with my friends. If I have to wear a mask in, in order to do all that, that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to, I will complain about it, but I'm going to do it. So who cares, you know? But like you said, if this is going to be in, going on in January, it, it, I don't know when this is going to, not yeah. yet. You know, because even then, I think uh, Joe Biden said that. Um, and hit, and I think it's like his first hundred days in office or something like that. He's going to want us to wear masks for those hundred days. And I'm like, dude, we've been wearing masks for like almost 
365 days. I'm yeah. like, when are we not going to wear a mask? But like I said, who knows? I mean, just as long as businesses get to open up and, 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 and stuff like that, because it really has hurt a lot of local businesses and a lot of local bands and, and, and directors, like I said, like you, you know, because you, you had to stop production on some things. And it's kind of like, if we have to wear a mask in order for everybody to get back to where we were and everybody playing shows and going to work and, and, and getting their stuff done, then it's so be it, you know, because I want to help out my local Houstonians and I help out my friends and stuff like that. So if like, if I have to wear a mask then it, uh, I'll so be it, you know, absolutely. I feel like that'll lead us back to normal and hopefully the vaccines work. And I think that, I think I was looking into when people, uh, like, I guess closer to my age would be able to get the vaccine, but it's not going to be till like August or something like that. So mm-hmm. that kind of set up a timeline for that. Uh, cause you know, my father, he's 73. So he's like near the front of the list, you know, the, closer to the front of the list. Obviously yeah. it's like essential workers will get it first and whatnot, but. Which is funny because, like, I don't know if I'm labeled essential because I was working on the front lines, quote unquote, feeding oh, people. I don't know because um, I went to Seven um, Eleven, and they have like those little pop figures. Have you seen those? Mm-mm. So they're like these little those little toys, and they got like a little big head and a small body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and um, they're all like frontline workers, and it's like uh-huh. nurses and doctors, and, yeah. and and I'm like. Where are the food service people? <laughs> you, you guys got the food service one? Yeah, yeah, you know. No, we'll just customize huh? it for you. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Um, I was like, am I a frontline worker? I mean, supposedly <laughs> they told us, but I'm like, uh, whatever, you know, hey. That's funny. <sighs> well, um, let's ask a couple more questions, and then we'll we'll take a small little break, and then we'll get into our uh, answer the internet questions. Sounds Would it be more good. fun? Okay, so, uh, fop. Top five directors, your favorite directors. I'll say one that I didn't say earlier, which is Michelle Gondry. He's one that directed Eternal Sunshine Spotless Mind, but there's also obviously Christopher Nolan, M. Night Shyamalan, Quentin Tarantino, and I need one more. Charlie Kaufman. He's directed a few stuff. Yeah. Charlie Kaufman. So no, like Steven Spielberg, like the whole cliche is like Steven Spielberg and, and some of them. No, I Robert mean, I like his films. Yeah. Robert yeah. Rodriguez is great too. Um, but I guess obviously the he didn't pop first into my mind. Yeah, right? That's but I mean those thing. those directors that you kind of listed out were I guess more closer and inspirational to you more than yeah. Spielbergs and 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 uh, the Rodriguez's and, and the Scorseses and stuff like that. So exactly. that's totally understandable. I lean towards films that are. Uh, heartfelt, entertaining, that'll kind of give me all of the emotions in one trip. I, obviously, that's what kind of 10th Floor is in a way. Mm-hmm. It's a drama. Um, there's some action, and there's a couple jokes in there. Jokes, really? There's like two jokes, maybe. But it's a very <laughs> serious emotional film. But um, Keep it lighthearted a little I bit. I try to give people what I feel like, you know, what, what movies give to me and the ones that I love. I'm trying to go full circle with that cool 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 so okay top five favorite films of all time for you okay i will okay i'll just name the ones off the top of my head i'll say eternal sunshine and spotless mind oh i didn't say the director of her you ever seen the movie her the one like with spike walking jones? phoenix yeah spike, spike, spike jones, jones is really good is one of my favorite directors um i definitely love the movie signs by m night Shyamalan. um interstellar 
and one more. Ooh, that's a toughie. We'll just go with a top four. I can't think of the fifth one right now. The fifth one will come later. It'll come later. <laughs> I'll just be like, oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> signs. You said signs. I remember yeah. when that movie came out, everyone was like, oh, did you see the alien? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that film. That was definitely oh, Sixth Sense. There you go. There we go. That's another That's good movie. Love I, that yeah, and then the whole line has been uh, butchered to death. I mean, I see dead people. I see dead people. And it's like who? Like in coffins. <laughs> That's the next. Line. That person over there. Of course, we're in a we're in a funeral home. Duh. That's just a funny question. Like in coffins. Like no. Like why is he? Uh, it's why do funny. We see him in coffins. He means walking around. <laughs> He's wearing your shirt. Wait, my shirt? <laughs> What's my favorite shirt? What, what is it like? Okay, well, let's take a quick little break and we'll come back and okay. we'll answer. We'll play some games and, and whatnot. So right. we'll be right back and take it away, Batman. Hey, guys, right before we get back to our episode, I kind of want to let you know uh, who our winner is. Of the Christmas giveaway was so uh, for all you that participated I appreciate you guys for participating I know um, some of those questions were very fun answering uh, and for some of you that uh, don't know what I'm talking about so I was doing a Christmas giveaway. I didn't really talk much about it because I kind of forgot about it during the whole month. It was only a couple of weeks. But yeah, I was at, uh, on my Instagram. I had put every Wednesday I was going to ask three Christmas questions. And whoever answered would uh, get their name automatically entered into the Christmas giveaway. So I'm pretty much giving away two $50 gift cards. One for one male and one for a female. Or whoever in between, whoever, you know, whoever won. Um, so, for the winners of the Christmas giveaway are uh, Jennifer Reyna. You have won a $50 gift card. And Houston's Maui. Uh, you have won the other $50 gift card. So kudos to you guys for winning the $50 gift card. So, all right. Now that we have announced our winners, let's get back to our episode. All right, guys. And we are back from our little break. We had a little offline off air topics but we're back and we're here uh i wanted to ask uh our lovely director here about his movie arc exodus can you tell me a little bit about that so arc exodus is a film that was directed by john young bosch and it actually kind of has a crazy story that led up to it uh, we were supposed to make a different film uh, it was going to be an action film it was going to be a feature film and uh, a few days out um, some things happened and we had to kind of reroute and kind of make a decision whether we were just going to cancel and not shoot anything or we were going to make a film. And luckily, um, oh, I forgot his name, but the writer, <laughs> I'll, I'll remember his name eventually, but pretty much he was able to get a script to us in five days, which, you know, we had all these actors flying in, Johnny's coming in and we decided we're going to make this film. 
which is Kyle Higgins. Kyle Higgins wrote a film called Ark Exodus. And we were able to shoot that film over 24 days. And it's, I think it was a 40 page script. So we were able to shoot about a page and a half every day and ended up being a great experience. Like we were all kind of scared. I remember me and Johnny met up the day before and, um, cause initially I was going to direct the, the original film Yeah, and Johnny was just going to act in it. Uh, but at that point, yeah, we lost the cinematographer and a few other people that were on the, on the crew. And I told him, I was like, well, you know, I used to do, I used to be a cinematographer all the time and Johnny knows how to direct. So I was like, I guess you can be the director <laughs> actor and I'll be the cinematographer and we'll make this happen. And it did. And we made it happen somehow every day. We didn't know if we were going to make that day, but it just all came together. And we had like stunt crews come in from New Jersey and Denver and all these really great actors. And it was really cool. Everybody came together for it. So what is Ark Exodus actually about? It's about a guy who essentially the film is about um, a guy who is a hunter of doppelgangers. So pretty much these doppelgangers are coming from another d- dimension. It's like copies of us, right? Okay. And this guy, he pretty much works for the government killing these doppelgangers off because they're invading our territory. So it's kind of like this big metaphor on like, um, you know, border patrol and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, and essentially he's, he's killing all of these doppelgangers and, you know, at some point he realizes that, well, I don't, I don't want to give it away, but there's like a big twist, right? Oh. And there's a lot of action. There's some drama and some good acting and it was pretty great. It was shot entirely in Houston. Nice. Nice. Getting some H town love guys. So does it have like a Shyamalan twist? I think it does. I think I think when the twist hits, because there's a lot of lines in the film that are like, when the truth hits you, you know, it definitely <laughs> leads up to that. So I de- have to check it film. out. I have to check it out, guys. Um, oh, and just so you know, it, there's like limited releases they're doing right now. Like, I think we just did one recently. I do believe that eventually you will be able to rent it. But there, if you look out for the Ark Exodus Instagram, they're doing limited releases. Which, guys, I will be uh, tagging in the... Um, inside the north side stories so check them out follow it uh, get the notifications when it comes out check it out i need to check it out i wanted to check it out before i talked to our director but i just was very i was just late you know so uh but yeah when it comes back i'm totally gonna check it out and uh, i'll give my review about it but yeah um let's play our little game so this is pretty much called answer the internet so i pick a card there's like three different uh, uh, topics or something like that. But really what I do, I just I just pick the card and I ask the question. I used to be all technical, but I'm like, I'm not going to be technical anymore. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's a weird question. Is it weird to put on a team shirt to watch a game at your house? <laughs> no, I've done that. I'm a big, I'm a big Rockets fan. Uh, so I definitely like during the playoffs. Yeah, I'll definitely put on. A oh, me jersey. too. Totally. I, I'm. I don't think it's weird at all, especially because like some people can't afford to go to the games. Yeah, and you're like you want to be at home, comfortable in your jersey or whatnot, and just yeah, dude. I don't think that's weird at all. Playoff games are super expensive to buy tickets for. I went to one Rockets playoff game and I got kind of lucky on that price. So I definitely, if I'm at home, I'm you know I'm gonna be wearing a jersey. For sure, for sure. Especially when, like, the Astros were in the playoffs. I didn't get to go, 
but they had like this um what's it called um i'm I'm so uh like a botch party Mm. so we went and we watched the games at the stadium and yeah that was like my closest thing to like a playoff game and i was like you know but uh i've always wanted to go to a baseball playoff game but i just never had the time but i feel like every time i watch a uh, baseball playoff game they're like eight hours long you see those right <laughs> and i'm like i'm going to sleep it's the pre-game ceremonies and then like everyone's getting introduced and then and i'm like oh, come on guys we all know who's on the team let's go come on Good morning. Let's go. <laughs> oh man that's funny uh okay uh here's another one okay marry fuck or kill <laughs> here's your three options gushers <laughs> Fruit by the foot, shark bites. I don't know what shark bites are. All right, so Mary Gushers. What was the other one? Uh, fruit by the foot. Okay, Mary. The second one, and then kill is obviously going to be whatever shark bites is. Yeah, I don't know what shark bites is. It's some like obscure candy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what? Okay. Would you switch your penis size with your foot size? <laughs> what? Bro, what the fuck? That's a funny question. Um, wow. No. No. <laughs> That's a funny answer, isn't it? It's like, no, no. Who's more badass, James Bond or Jason Bourne? James Bond. That know. dude's like a legend. Yeah, he's a legend. Essentially, he's been around for how long? Like, um... How many iterations of James Bond? How 50? many iterations of, of Jason like, Bourne? Like, like, two or three. There's one Jason Bourne, and there's how many James Bonds? Like, eight. Well, was it Jeremy Renner kind of Jason Bourne, or was it just a different, like, movie, but it was just like the Bourne something? I don't know. You're right. I think there was <laughs> maybe a second one, but... Danny Jason Bourne. But yeah, I, I think James Bond's a little more... More badass. <laughs> R.I.P. to Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So choose one. Drink and never be hungover. Drink and never gain weight. Drink and always close the deal with a chick. Or never drink and your team wins a championship. Never drink and your team wins a championship. Because <laughs> the Rockets need a championship. Come on. Even though James Harden's about to leave and he's pissing me off. It <sighs> makes me so sad right now. Why, James? Why? Because he's a selfish prick, and he loves strip clubs more than he loves his team. Here, the beard just hits different, you know. Well, what kind of beard? <laughs> <laughs> if you were thrown into a uh, one of the four major sports leagues, which is baseball, basketball, football, hockey, uh, what sport and what position would you be most successful in? I think it's pretty obvious. I'd be in the NBA. And I'd be a spot-up shooter, so put me at, like, the three or the four. Oh, really? The three or the four? Dang. That's what I played in high school. I like that. I played varsity basketball. I was at three or four. Rockets, if you hear it, if you're hearing this, get your man on the, uh, get your man on the squad. Your boy's ready. <laughs> Let's get that championship. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. We'll do a different one. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, do you wipe standing up or sitting? Oh my god, <laughs> dude! I had a friend, oh he wanted me to ask this question, and I was like, dude, I'm not gonna ask that question All like right, on, right. on Instagram Live. Standing, 
It's easier. It's easier. I don't know. Some women do it sitting down, and I'm like. And then there's the other question, which is like forward or back. I'm like, I don't know, man. Just the way they taught me, and whatever. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, which fictional character would you love to beat the crap out of? A fictional character. Would I love to beat the crap out of? Could be anybody. Oh, it's one of those characters that you're just like. Ugh. Why did you have to kill my favorite person in this film? Oh my God, I forgot his name. Voldemort. Voldemort. There you go. I forgot his name. I, it's probably because I'm not supposed to say his name. Okay. <laughs> um. No, that's a little boring one. Oh man. What? Can you still go to your barber if he's very racist? No. <laughs> He's like, look, man, I'm just trying to cut his hair and blank and blank, blank, blank. Yeah, my hair size race. They'd probably stop going there. It's like, hey. Hey, like, hey, that's mean. (laughs) You're not getting a tip today. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, What was better, ages 8 to 18 or 8 to 28? I mean, 18 to 28. I'll say 18 to 28. That's like that time where you're like, I'm an adult now. You can't tell me what to do. Yeah, things got more exciting. I feel like it was a lot of like boring school time. During 8 to 18? Uh, for me, I think it would be from 8 to 18. Because when I got, when I graduated, I was what, 16, 17? I was 16, 17. When I turned 18, uh, I kind of just worked. I didn't really get to go to like parties or hang out with people. I didn't really have that many friends at the time. So I can say, I think from 8 to 18, because I was younger. I had more time. I had more friends. So that was more exciting. But yeah, I mean, I can I can say both ways, but 8 to 18 was a little bit better for me. Would it bother you if the girl that you're dating made more money than you? No, that's good. We'll be a power couple. You know, that's fine. You know, some people, the table. you know, cool. like 90%. Or she can be my sugar mama. <laughs> She's like, would you make more money? I don't care. You're giving me some kind of sugar. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people, they say no. But some people do get kind of bothered. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, at a point in time, my, my girlfriend was making more money than me and I was, and she would be like, yeah, I make whatever, whatever. And I'm like, make more money. Well, she's throwing it in your face. (laughs) She wasn't really throwing it, but she was kind of like mentioning it, mentioning it. And I'm like, okay, how many times are you going to mention that? Right. And I'm like, dang bro. Why? (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's crossing the line. Okay. Um, no, that's boring. Oh, some of these cards are good, so they're not hitting really today. It's been a while since I've done this. Um, no. <laughs> no so I usually pick them, but as like I said, it would just be... Um, what temperature do you start wearing shorts? Uh, I'm not really big of a shorts guy. Unless I'm working out. Um, I'd say in the summer that happens a in lot. In the summer, kind of Definitely like... Texas going Like May, May, June-ish. Yeah. Probably May, June. Absolutely. I wear shorts whenever. <laughs> I will go out there right now and just be like in shorts. I'm like, man, I'm so cold. And I'm like, why don't you wear pants? No, because I like wearing shorts. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, no. Uh, you know what? I can actually. Okay. What would you. What. If you only had one to choose, what would it. What, what food group would you choose? Italian food, Mexican food, or Chinese food? Probably Mexican food. 
Or if it's if it's Tex Mex, I like Tex Mex. I don't know why, but I like Tex Mex a lot. And Italian food is my other favorite. So you would choose Tex Mex and just like screw the other two? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Panda Express, you no good no more. <laughs> um, if you were born with action figure hands, stuck in the same position forever, what position would your hands be in? Probably like like you know when like they're like just close enough so you can hold things. <laughs> like the slight grip? Yeah, the slight grip. <laughs> That's me right there. I think I would kind of like do Camera. like the whole like holding like palm thing where it's like how many fingers does he have? <laughs> and it's kind of like, yeah, you know You can still hold things if they have it like straight. Yeah. Out. Uh if you were taken hostage five years ago, so you got taken hostage in twenty fifteen. What would surprise you most about the world today? Oh my god! Like we're all wearing masks and stuff like that. Like you know, like gatherings are small. There's all these places are closed. Social distancing. I would be like, okay, the world's obviously ending. You know, that's how <laughs> yeah. I would see that. It's like, dude, I have to wear a mask now. Like you're um, the people that uh, kidnapped you. Like here, what is this for? It's a mask because everyone's wearing the mask. What the. F- you would show up. I would show up and try to go hug everybody, and they're like, "No, no, 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 hey, you know." <laughs> we haven't hey, seen you, but still, you know, I haven't hey. seen you, but you keep six feet away. <laughs> if you could only have knees or elbows, what would you pick? Knees or elbows? Oh or elbows? The only gosh. two that you can. Elbows. Elbows. Why elbows? Because I can still use my arms a little more. Oh I mean, I yeah, feel like I could. I could use that a little more. Yeah, your knees. You don't really need them. I mean, I mean, you do obviously need them, but I mean, since you're you're a director, you need your elbows. Yeah, I can direct in a wheelchair. True. I'm sure I can still direct without elbows, but you know what I mean. Just like hold the hold the uh, camera on your mouth. <laughs> uh, which would you rather have random? Uh, your weekly paycheck ranging from zero to double your paycheck, or what you uh what you eat for dinner every night? Paycheck because it could be either amazing or shot. So hopefully it'll vary throughout the week. Yeah, me too. Because I kind of do the whole random thing for dinner anyway. So I'm like, I want Chick Fil A today, yeah. or I want this today. You know, so exactly. kind of gets boring after a while. <laughs> How much would it take for you to strangle a puppy? Oh, this is a question for Jason that is a Frank. Tough. Oh my God. That is a Tommy, tough how much would it cost? Question. I don't know. Is there money? Is there enough money for that? Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. No, no. I, I don't think I can do it either. I, I, it. I hate when I'm driving and I'll see a dog and like I have to tell myself that's not a dog. That's just a random couch that's just lying on the. Because I don't want to. I don't want to picture an animal that's dead. You know. Because I have a dog, and I would hate to see it on the street or on the freeway myself so it's like i, I kind of have to like um just let's um, myself um i have to like tell myself it's something different you know so i don't feel sad the rest of the day i don't think any amount of money is worth the guilt of no. like wow i did that like i strangled the puppy for 3.5 million dollars oh. it's gonna bring you joy for a little bit but yeah it's like i can buy another puppy <laughs> buy another puppy give that puppy the most amazing life ever uh, would you rather be filthy rich in the 1900s or poor now? I'll choose rich in the 1900s. That'd be kind of fun. I wonder what that's like. Yeah, dude. I don't. 
1900s. That's a different. That's a that's a hundred. No. Yeah, it's over a hundred years. Ago. Yeah, it's over a hundred years ago. One hundred twenty years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. One way of being rich about that time is like, it's like, what can I buy? Like, what the I can buy two houses and a car, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, people was like thirty five dollars were kind of rich back then too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thirty five dollars now, you're like considered poor. But back then, you can live like a king for like two months or something like that. Yeah, thirty-five dollars. Interesting to be in. That'd be like an adventure. Yeah. Instead of being poor now, it's like, Eesh. yeah. But even the poor aren't even poor that much, really, because they still get kind of like financial assistance in a way. So it's kind of like, yeah. You can file for unemployment. Yeah. True. <laughs> okay, we got like three more questions. How much is too much for a height difference in a relationship? How much is too much? Yeah. So, like, say, how you're like what six two? I'm six foot. Six foot. So, how much is too much for like a height difference? Like, if she's like taller than you or she's shorter than you, like, what's what's you know? You know, a good example is that picture of Shaq and his girlfriend. You ever see this kind yeah, of funny, right? I've seen like it. This, like, she's probably like four. You know, I mean, sorry, like five two, and he's like seven foot whatever yeah you know i feel like that's when you kind of like it's you know kind of extreme yeah it's, it's like how does that even work you know i'm sure it works somehow but it is a little extreme too extreme but jack likes to live stay extreme <laughs> um if you had the ability to spray like a skunk what type of smell would you want it to be oh my god <laughs> i feel like I would want to use it as a weapon, but like it'd be cool if it sprayed cologne. I don't know. Yeah, so instead of like a nasty fart, it's kind of like, oh, that smells good. good. It smells like Abercrombie and Fitch. It smells great. (laughs) If you, okay, here's the last question. So if you could pick any character from TV show or movie or whatnot to be your college roommate, who would it be? Wow. That is a really, really interesting question. My roommate. I don't know why, but the first person that came to my mind is Joe from You. Have you seen that show? The no, I haven't. Guy. I don't know oh, why the, okay, 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 okay. I know what roommate. you're talking about. I know what you're talking about now. I have not seen the show, but I know what the show is Such about. Such an interesting character that I would want to have conversations with him. Hopefully, he doesn't want to kill me. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, we can talk. <laughs> He's like, Do you have any friends you can introduce? No, I cannot introduce you to any of my friends, okay? None of my chick friends. I have to. I, I. A lot of people were watching that show, and I'm like, I don't want to watch it because I feel like it's one of those typical shows. But I've heard a lot of good things about it, oh, so awesome. I might have to check that out. So. First season, definitely. I feel like a really strong season. It's really good. I have to check that out, guys. Okay, so now we've done all our questions. Now it's time for our unpopular opinions. Right. I need to do like a little sound thingy for unpopular opinions one of these days. Because <laughs> I'm like, boom, unpopular opinions. I don't know. So, since you're a guest, uh, I'll let you go first. You have an unpopular opinion. All right. So, you have been kind of mentioning this a little bit, so I don't know if you're going to like this one. Obviously, (sighs) that's what it is, right? An unpopular opinion. Um, Superhero movies are overrated. You know, you know, I just, I just, I, 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 it's over. It's done. This is the end of the show. I'm fine. In I a way, reasons, I okay. Reasons. I want to hear your reasons. Okay, and I'm not saying that I don't like any superhero movies. Obviously, I like The Dark Knight. Yeah, I love like the old Spider-Mans, right? 
Um, so there's, and I liked uh, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I liked um, a few other ones that came out. Um, I guess the whole reason why I think they're overrated in a way is because I guess when I look for films and what inspires me are not these films that kind of seem like money grabs. I guess that's what kind of drives the market right now is like these uh, superhero films that kind of just are put in there to um, just make money. And, you know, but that's fine. Like, there's a place for that. It's kind of like a roller coaster. Entertainment. That's why I kind of was talking about Star Wars. It's entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I was entertained. And I'm sure those movies will entertain me as well. I just kind of tend to go towards the films that are more relatable and more, like, I don't know, have a little bit more substance. I guess that's what I look for. And that's just me. And, and like, you know, everyone has their thing that they like. I just don't gravitate towards. Yeah, no, I totally know. I totally understand what you mean. And one example is kind of Batman versus Superman. That's kind of like a a money grab thing. It's kind of like it didn't need to be made. And it was just made for entertainment purposes because people have been wanting it for so many years. And it's kind of like it wasn't that good. I've seen the movie. Three times, and they were like, "You have to understand it because there's like a certain." I think JJ, it was not JJ, Zach, um, Zach Snyder was like, you know, he's a visionary. You gotta see it from his point of view. And I'm like, dude, I've seen it like three times. I bought the movie, and I still don't understand what you're talking about. But I see it as your your unpopular opinion as it's, it was just for money. It shouldn't really have been made yes. at all. And I feel like sometimes, like something that I've been thinking about lately is some things I think about, like. Some of these actors that you that you see in these superhero films that would would have you think would never have done that movie, or like be that character, are and they are that character even though they sometimes in the interviews they're like I didn't know of this character until I was on the movie, and like so Jeremy you Irons. Think, you didn't, you wouldn't think he was been like in a in a in a superhero movie. Yeah, and it's like how much money was he offered to do the film? I think about things like this. So no, yeah, I, I totally um, understand. Yeah, sure, because um. I don't know, like like Ian McKellen too. It's like he's a he's a theater actor. And it's like, dude, how much money did they give Magneto? You know, but I I, I think about that too sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. I'm yeah. like, dude, like, why did you do this movie? Yeah. I definitely <laughs> like the X Men films too. Yeah, the X Men films are really good, except the third one, and then like the newer ones. Well, the newer ones were okay, but like, I don't know. But there's a love hate relationship with the X Men movies because. I don't know. Have you seen all of them? Not all of them, but I loved like Logan. Do you yeah, Logan. Logan, Logan was really great. If I made a superhero film, be like that, like that. Like I love the way that one felt. Like it felt very westerny in a way, and I know it was taken. Like <laughs> 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 well, I think what um, what's his name Matthew Vaughn? What he was saying that that was kind of the inspiration for Logan. I think he had seen like a Western and he kind of based it around that. And I was like, yeah, that totally worked for the movie. And I was like, that's, that's pretty cool, you know, but I could totally see you doing something like that. Yeah. If that's what, I, if I got like, I liked Shazam as well. I thought mm-hmm. Shazam was really Shazam, good. Yeah. It was very fun. It was very bouncy. It wasn't taken too serious, but it was, that's just how the character is. Cause he's a child. So it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know? Yeah. I feel like I, I, I tend to gravitate towards those more than like uh, Avengers and all those. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I totally understand. I'm not. I'm not upset. I'm not. I'm not mad. <laughs> I was like, when you said earlier that you love Marvel films, I was like, oh my god, he's no, dude. Because even because even then, I'll, sometimes I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But I'm like, uh, you know, they're they're movies. I enjoy them. You know, they're for entertainment purposes, like you said. Mm-hmm. All right. What's what is your what's your next one? <laughs> this one's a little bit more, I guess. Well, controversial. I think Ranch is garbage. Like just just ranch in general, like like yeah. you know, like it's told like garbage, like thrown in the trash. It's like trash. It you got a point though. <laughs> you have you a like point. Ranch? I like ranch with certain things. Like if I eat carrots, I'll, I like them with ranch. If I eat um, a regular salad, I I do like ranch with it. But like I'm not gonna eat ranch with wings or pizza or or some things like that. that you can like throw them, yeah. And, that and like sour cream, it's like. Stuff like that, I can't. I can't. No. Just, it's always all over everything. You put it on it, and that's all it tastes like. And it's just like, yeah, it but it's like nachos. And I'm like, can I have no sour cream? And then they put a little bit, and I'm like, oh no, no, no. That's what it's at Taco Bell. So yes. with Taco Bell, I order online, and I'm like, no this, no sour cream, no no. And then I'll get home, I'll take a bite of the burrito, and then it's like sour cream, and I'm like, what the, what the hell? That is the worst <laughs> thing when you bite into your food that you just got home, and you you know you took forever to get there, and you don't you know you don't want to go back because you're already hungry. Yeah, you know you don't want to go back. Ugh, I'm like, damn you, Taco Bell, you put sour cream. I don't want it no more. There's times where I'm, I throw the whole burrito away. And I'm like, I don't even want it anymore. Yeah. And I paid money for it. <laughs> All right, what's your what's your next unpopular opinion? And my third unpopular opinion is TikTok sucks. Yes, 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 yes. I agree. It sucks so much, but the influence it has on people nowadays is crazy, dude. It's like, what the hell? You know, it's 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 manipulation. (laughs) And I think the one thing that it does do that's good is. definitely creates hit songs i've been yeah. seeing that like crazy like it'll take these small artists and like one hit wonders just because tiktok overnight they're huge yeah and a lot of people are i think i saw like an article somewhere where it said a lot of music uh record companies are upset because it's like no you're supposed to be promoting you know the the weekend or something like that and it's like this obscure small artist who only has like two albums to his name is getting shot up because of tiktok and I'm like, that's pretty cool. But then it's kind of like, it gets run out after a while. And then people are like, okay, yeah, we heard that song like 20 times already. Blah, you know, it's just a trendy site. Um, but I don't know. I don't really care for it. I was a fan of Vine. I, I liked I Vine a lot. Vine was great. Yeah. So I feel like it's a kind of like a great value Vine sometimes. Yeah, it is. It's just like a... The family family style, a family family dollar version of, of Vine, but with Vine, there was a lot of great uh, video people who did like these weird videos that were very entertaining and eye catching. Excuse me, like there's this one guy, he would do like illusions, and I'm like, how do you do that? And it's yeah. like all you know, trick and, and mirrors, smoke and mirrors and stuff like that. But the way he edited it, it just made it like, I think Vine. Yeah, I agree with you. Vine was a lot better than is a lot better than TikTok, but. You know, Vine kind of went under, so... TikTok has its place. I think it's really popular with the younger generation, so obviously someone like me yeah. is like... Mmm. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, my cousin, he's like... He's like 
like 34 35 and he's like dude we should make a tiktok and i'm like no no i'm not making a tiktok he's like let's do it for our church and i'm like no we're not doing it for the church dude, we're not making a tiktok like, you can do it. <laughs> and i'm told i'm like no you better not make one because i'll delete it i swear i'll delete it but yeah it, it's more to the younger kids but even then it's like it's kind of cringy at some point oh, it's, I'm like, so, it's like i feel like it's 80 90 percent cringy and the rest of it's like okay yeah, but it was just a couple People years from now. They're just sitting there just for hours just like going. I'm like, mm, not getting sucked into that. <laughs> I get sucked into Vine. I'll I'll go on YouTube and I'll watch a bunch of like old Vine videos and stuff like that. I'll get sucked into that. But TikTok, Vines no. They give you life. Yeah, they do give you. They, there's a bunch of them that give you. It's like Vines for when you wake up early in the morning and you get that good mood or something like that. There's always like weird titles <laughs> yeah, to weird these videos, title. but yeah, Vines dude, I, I, I totally agree with that. You know, I haven't had an unpopular, I haven't done an unpopular opinion in a while. What you doing? Okay. This is more involving music. And I've said this before, but I don't, my unpopular opinion is that I don't think Jimi Hendrix is the greatest guitarist ever. That's a pretty unpopular opinion because I feel like a lot of people would be like, "What?" Yeah, I had a lot. I had a friend. He was like, "I didn't know how much I hated you until now." (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "You." The dude was like, "Yeah," they were upset, and I'm like, "I mean, I get Hendrix at that time was very he was innovator, he was changing things up, but I mean." After he passed away, like five years later, there's dudes doing more extraordinary things like Eddie Van Halen and um, Randy Rhodes and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, yeah, old man, eat my dust. You know, we're, we're, we're better than, you know. You know what it is? He's just one of those, like, imagine Jimi Hendrix now, if you got popular. It doesn't really make sense, but he mm-hmm. makes sense in the, what, the 60s, 70s? 60s, that, yeah. That's like his era, right? That's like, he's a generational icon for that era but he doesn't if he was popular like if he was an artist now and he was wasn't popular then he you know he's just someone some dude yeah he'd just be one of those youtube guitarists making videos and stuff like that and he's like this is how to change the key and this and this and that blah 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 blah. but he was he was made for that for the 60s yeah that's why he was popular then but yeah i to me i think it would have to be it would have to be van halen i think so just as he had the speed and the it was almost like super. Like he was like a superhero, dude. Like he had like these superhero powers and like he, the way he played and just how he came up with things on the fly. And I'm like, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. And um, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, actually like a month ago. Um, Eddie Van Halen and Stevie Ray Vaughan were the first two albums that I bought with my own money. So they're very close and near dear to my heart. So, of course, I'm going to put them higher up. And I think that they're one of the greatest. But I really think, like, Eddie, I think Eddie is number one. I mean, there's, like, Steve Vai and there's, you know, uh, Paul Gilbert and, and all these other people, too. Joe Satriani. But, like, I really think, like, Eddie Van Halen beats them all. Especially, like, uh, like Jimi Hendrix. Like, I think he's just... At that time, he kind of like crushed everybody. He was like, you know, eat my dust. <laughs> yeah, that's just my unpopular opinion. But I know a lot of people were that's like, "That's a good one." That is, yeah. And I've said that like ten years ago, and people were like, "You're, you're crazy." And I was like, "Man, I didn't know I was doing these <laughs> that long ago." <laughs> um, what's another one that I haven't done in a while? Oh, uh, 
used to have like this whole thing of like unpopular opinions. And um, I think I might have deleted them. Oh, like when you when they hit you randomly? Yeah, I used to do that at work. I would just be like, oh, no, here, no. That's not it. Um, yeah, they would hit me. And I'm like, ooh, I got to do that one. Ooh, I got to do that one. But after a while, uh, I haven't done them in a while. Uh, let's see. Uh, Spike Lee is kind of overrated. As a director, <laughs> it's terrible because I've I've never seen any of his films, so it's kind of like I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I really did like Black Klansman. No, oh, yeah, I did like that too. That, that was, was a pretty a good, good movie. movie. And I did not know. I did not know that was uh, Denzel Washington's son. Is it really? Yes, it is. That's his I son. Didn't know that. I was like, wait, what? I was like, no, no way. That makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a very good actor. It's not the guy that's in Tenet. Not the lead Yeah, actor. it is him. That's Denzel Washington's son. That's him. He's so good. No yeah, he is. I have not seen Tenet uh, yet oh. either, but I hear it's, it's it's got a lot of great views. That's the only time I've been to the movies this year was to see Tenet. That was definitely an interesting experience because, um, obviously, you had to reserve your seating and you can't sit behind anyone. You know, you're spaced out around the theater. Yeah. Um, but it was, and you have to wear your mask the whole time. Um, but it was definitely cool to be in the theater again to see a film like Tenet, which has like this insane soundtrack and insane in-camera tricks. Or, I don't know if you've seen anything in the film, but they're doing um, reverse fight sequences. Yeah, I'm, I've seen the, like some of the trailers yeah. and stuff like that. There's a guy going and forward he's he's in regular time but he's fighting someone that's going backwards it's just like the craziest film and it's all christopher nolan's like mind i'm like that's crazy the dude is mind-blowing um man what's what's one more in public opinion that i can um that i can say that might trigger some people (laughs) let me think um you already said ranch i can't go with a ranch that's enough of yeah, I don't like sour cream either. You like all? Do you like olives? No, I don't. I never, never ate an olive before. Do you like coleslaw? That's that's trash. <laughs> <laughs> How do you eat coleslaw? Throw it in the trash. There you go. I had. Um, I've done that a couple of times. They're like, "Here, you want some coleslaw?" I'm like, "Trash." What happened to the coleslaw? Oh, I thought it was really good. <laughs> um, dang, what is another good and popular opinion that I can say that? can trigger some people um oh man uh think for a minute it'll come to me in a second oh man i'm gonna have to like edit this because i can't think oh man i think austin is kind of overrated sometimes that's that's mine there you go i can see that I've had a few good nights on Sixth Street. That's about as good as it gets, though. Yeah, there's some good food there. Yeah, sure. there is. There is. So I have a cousin. He lives in San Marcos, which is like 30 minutes away from from Austin. And um, when I go visit, I'm, I'm in between Austin and San Marcos. But yeah, I've gone. I've been Sixth Street by myself, and it's it's fun. I got drunk after a while, and I ended up at um at a club, and I was like, okay. I want to go home. It's boring now. And this is all you can do. I mean, 
You that go, is. you drink, go get a slice of pizza, go to a bar, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like, okay, it's like one o'clock. I'm, I'm going to go back it's something home. something you do like one weekend out of the year, but I don't, this is at least true to my life. All the people that I've known, not all that, that's kind of mean to say, <laughs> a majority of the people that I know that have moved to Austin and stayed there have kind of derailed their lives a little bit and tend to come back home or just stay plateaued in Austin because they become a part of Sixth Street. It's like they never, yeah. they never leave it. And, and Sixth Street's kind of bad. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of the uh, videos that are coming out. For a while, it was boarded up, and the whole street was filled with junkies and drunks and just homeless people. And it smells like like piss and like like crap, <laughs> and so Jeez. yeah. So I was watching this video, this uh, YouTuber that I, I follow. His name's Stephen Crowder, and I, of course you you probably know who Alex Jones is, right? Oh, that sounds so familiar. He's that crazy guy. He's always like screaming and shouting and stuff like that. Oh, it sounds so familiar. Well, he's from Austin. So, anyways, they go they go to Austin. This is like during the time like the whole um, marches and riots and stuff like that, and everything's boarded up. Um, they show like the whole sixth street and this is nothing but like junkies and like drunks right now. No, this was like months ago. Oh, okay, right. That's when everything was still closed. Oh, okay. And, um, it was really, it looked really bad. Cause I was like, yeah, I've been there before. I've been to that bar and this like, it's boarded up and it's like a bunch of drunks there. I, I can see what you mean by like, they get sucked into like the whole Austin atmosphere and then they get stuck on sixth street. And it's like, you can never leave. <laughs> yeah. It, it seems like it always takes them a while to kind of like get away from it. It's and like their hotel in California. It's probably not, a, not everybody's story. I don't want to say it's everybody's story, but I've just seen it. But the majority of people, they, they stay on sixth street and it's kind of like, it's like their like I was saying that it's like their hotel California. It's like they can't leave because they're stuck there. And it's like, guys, come on. Yeah, there's more than the Austin Sixth Street. But yeah, I, I I love Austin though. I love going there, but it's a little overrated sometimes. And I definitely have some people there that are like also like filmmakers, and they'll say, "Well, don't go to Sixth Street if you come here." Like they like actively yeah. avoid it. Yeah, my cousin he'll he'll tell me the same thing. He he tells he tells me to go to the square. It's this little little small thing in san marcos because that's where um texas state university is so they got this little like it's like city hall and it's like it's in a square and it's like nothing but like bars and and clubs like that so we've done it before and this was during saint patrick's day like a few years back and you would think it would be like like busy and there would be people there but it was during spring breaks and not that many people were there so we didn't really get the full effect but he was like, yeah, don't go to 6th Street. Just go to, to here, you know. But even then, we, we wanted to go to 6th Street, but um, we got sucked and going to, like, this little small hick <laughs> square. But square. The square. And, um, but yeah, I, 6th Street does kind of get a little overrated. And I'm like, eh, I just, you know, like I said, you go drink, you go to get the pizza, and then, you know, time to yeah. go home. <laughs> I've had a couple people like, hey, man, are you from Houston? yeah how did you know and you're like yeah we just know and he okay. and he this guy's like yeah man i've been stuck here for like five years i'm trying to get back <laughs> see what i mean it was a homeless guy and i'm like i can't help you get back home you can't ride with me dude yeah. i'm like you can walk you might get there in time <laughs> good old austin i 
I'm actually going in a couple weeks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm going. I'm talking all this crap about Austin, but we're going to be going. I'll be there in five weeks. Um, no, we're we're doing something different for New Year's because when we we're here, it's the typical go here, go to the club with her friends, go to the bar, drink, yeah. and then you know. But with this time, it's like I'm gonna spend it with my cousin. Well, we're gonna go hit some trails because she wants to take some pictures because um, my girlfriend's doing like photography now and she's doing a lot of like um, photo sessions and stuff like that. So she wants to get awesome. pictures for her her vlog and stuff like that. So we're gonna be doing that a couple times. Um, but yeah, spend time with my family, go to Austin, do stuff like that. So, well, Wait, I'm excited for that. If you're, you said your girlfriend, right? She's doing yeah. photography. I do have a, a studio, like a photography studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a lot of video there, but we do have it up for rent on Pier Space, like sixty five dollars an hour. Um, but just let me know. It's a good little space. Yeah, yeah. Got you heard him. Rooms, vanity mirror. We got all that stuff. You heard him. You know, you're listening. You'll be listening to this tomorrow. <laughs> Down in Pearland. <laughs> And she's actually in parallel right now, so no way. Yeah, there she there's they're staying over there for a little bit. But yeah. Um she's doing pretty well for herself. Um she just got the camera um like last month. Do you know what 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 uh That's brand? a Canon. Canon? Canon. Yes. Yeah. So um she got it at Walmart and she was like, I'm gonna start taking pictures. So then she started getting like she started booking appointments like right after and I'm like, wow. dang, dude. <laughs> she got on that. That's great. Yeah. Canon's Canon's great. That's what I started on for sure. Uh, very user friendly, and she'll probably have fun with that. Yeah, she has. She's been doing a lot of like family portraits and stuff like that, and they're coming out really good. So it, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty I'm proud of her. So um, I actually wanted to get me a camera because I've been wanting to do live video for my podcast, but I just haven't found like the right one. And I was gonna get a Canon, but I'm like. I don't know. Maybe I should just shoot the whole damn thing on an iPad. <laughs> right, something you can just like, yeah, just film the whole thing. Because I've had there's this one thing. It's called a Mevo, and um, what it does, it'll lock on to like, it'll lock on to me and you, and what it do, it'll stream to like Facebook and Twitter and, and Twitch and YouTube and stuff like that at like 1080p. And I was like, okay, it's like 400 bucks. It's a little small thing, but yeah. I, I, they got a lot of bad reviews and I'm like, I don't want to spend like 400 bucks. And then like the camera's like shoddy, you know? So you're waiting for the right, the right camera. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I might as well just buy a podcast. <laughs> Capture your podcast. I've had a lot of people and they're like, yeah, just use like a DSL, uh, DSL or DLR. I'm sorry. I'm messing up the words, but DSLR. yeah, one of those cameras. And I'm like, uh, we'll see. Cause I wanted to do it for my next season, but I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. Sometimes a phone will do. I mean, yeah, put a little little tiny tripod with your phone on there, and then if it's just for BTS, there's no problem with that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. No, because like I, I, I feel like a lot of people want to see, they want to see what 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 they're hearing. So I'm like, eh, well, you know, I'll get onto it maybe next month or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, okay. And if you ever need help with that, just reach out to me and I'll help you pick the right camera. I, I do I did that for a lot of my friends. I was like, yeah. hey, what should I get? Well, if, what do you want to do? You know? <laughs> yeah, all yeah, questions. yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I can, I can, I can count on Mr. G on here. Because <laughs> I definitely, I started teaching uh, video production recently at this marketing company called Melodic Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them, you know, when I went to teach them, I wasn't sure if they had any experience at all. And it turns out they had no experience. So we're kind of working from the ground up. I brought like all cameras. I had like a DSLR. I had like a black magic camera and I had a red camera. Like I showed them every camera and you know, each student was able to be like, well, 
this is the kind of stuff that I want to do, so I want to use this type of camera. So I'm kind of like helping them pick the right tool. That's pretty cool. Just tools. Nice. Okay, so we've done answered the internet. We've done unpopular opinions. Now it's time for one of my favorite segments of the show. It's called... What are you listening to? So pretty much it's called What Are You Listening To? It could be... Something old, something new, could be a podcast, could be uh, an album you recently went back on because it affected your childhood so much that you had to listen to it once again and stuff like that. <laughs> Absolutely. So since you are a guest, Mr. G, let us uh, let me know what you've been listening to lately. So it's interesting that you asked this question because I have Spotify Premium and it just gave me my year-end review. And oh. obviously the year in review kind of lets you know what your top five artists were. And mm-hmm. I'd already made this list and they, these, these artists were on there. Um, so my first artist is the strokes and yes. they released a new album this year. The abnormal. Very exactly. And I was very sad that they canceled the tour. Um, and it's funny because when the tour was announced, I hadn't got the new album yet. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I, I seen them in high school. I'll be, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait. And then I heard the album and I was like, I need tickets like now. Yeah. <laughs> so then they canceled the tour and you know, there's still to be announced, but whenever they release that card swipe. <laughs> yeah. That happened to my friend Edwin. He was like, as soon as they went on sale, he was right there in the virtual line and bought them. And then I told him like, Hey dude, they just canceled the show. And he's like, nah, yeah, it's fine. You know, it, it, they're, they're going to play. They're just going to reschedule it. And then they end up like canceling the tour. And I'm like, wah, wah, sorry, dude. He's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, they gave me a refund, but I, I was like, I wanted to go too, yeah. but I wasn't so sure. I'm like, okay, so we're in this right now. Don't know how it's going to work. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be safe and I'm not going to buy my ticket. So yeah, I think I avoided that, but it was still kind of sad because I wanted to see them. It is very sad. And the fact that, you know, they've had, um, this is their first good album in a long time. And the fact they can't tour it, like that would be yeah. pretty like detrimental as an artist. Like you can't even tour one of your most successful, successful albums in years. And I'm surprised they haven't done the whole trend like everybody else's, which is like doing like a, a live event or live show. Because I've seen a lot of bands jump on that, and I'm surprised like the Strokes haven't. But I they guess they're did Saturday Night Live. Yeah, they done that. I, I saw that. That was really interesting. Yes. But like, I was like, yeah, you guys don't. I guess since you know Julian and Albert and everybody, everybody has their own solo project. So I guess they're trying to jump on that while they have the time. And I guess they're just like, oh, we'll get together next year, and then we'll tour. You know, that new abnormal, or whatever. So I was kind of like. I was like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess, but I thought they would jump on the trend, but I guess yeah. not. I'd pay for it. That's probably like the one I'd pay for, you know? Yeah. Like my, like my girlfriend, she paid for Under Oath. Yeah, they, they did like the first one. two albums and I was like, okay, that's cool. I was like, I wanted to see it, but I was like, eh, you enjoy it. You I've seen them already. It. I think like two or three years ago, it was them. Yes. Dance, Gavin dance and somebody else at white Oak music hall. But yeah, that was a pretty good show. I saw them with Bring Me the Horizon. I remember that one. The they old Bring Me the Horizon? They opened up for Bring Me the Horizon. Really? Yeah, it was kind of weird. That was the first time I saw Under Oath. I was like... They've been opening up for a lot of bands. And I'm like, guys, you kind of like headliners in a way. Yeah, you guys are headliners. What are you doing? They opened up for Korn, actually. What? Was, yeah. Like, this was like a year ago. Of Korn. And she went to go see them. I think it was Korn and um, Slipknot? 
That's awesome. Dang. Something like, like that. Slipknot. I think it was like corn and slipknot and under oath or something like that. Some cra- something crazy like that. And she got to go to the front. This was at the Cynthia Woods. So she was like right in front row. Wow. And she got to sing with uh, the lead singer because he was doing one song. And she like, there's a video of her somewhere. And she's like, this is like the best moment of my life. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah. Um, what other bands oh. did you have on your list? Before we do the next one, can I take a bathroom break? Yeah, go ahead. Go take a bathroom break. I'm going to do this little commercial. So before we uh, continue. All right, guys. So if you like listening to uh, Mr. Charlie G here. Um, and you want to get into more of, um, per, you know, you want to watch more of like his stuff. Check him out on Cold Creek Productions. He's got a lot of great things on Instagram, you know, and his website. You can go to Cold Creek Productions uh, Productions dot com. You know, um, I will put the tag in my Instagram. You guys go and support him. Go check him out. He's local. You know, he's he's been a very great guest so far. I'm having a great time him with him on the show, having a good laugh and stuff like that, you know. Um, and if you want to hit him up for, you know, wanting to do like a music video, are you bands out there? Hit him up. I mean, I've seen some of his music videos and the quality is great. And I think you guys, whoever is wanting a, a music video would do perfect with him. I totally think so. So, like I said, go check it out. Go check out his Instagram at coldcreeproductions.com. I mean, his, that's his website. Go to his Instagram, Productions. Give him a follow. You know, check out some of his stuff. Um, you know, if you want to shout him out or something or, or share or whatever, do that. You know, it'll be it'll mean a lot to him. Um, it means a lot to me, too, if you uh, tag me and um, let me know how I'm doing. If you guys want to rate the show you can go to apple music and you know rate the show you can rate it one star you can rate it five stars you can leave whatever comment you want you can say i suck you can say that i'm doing a great job you can do whatever you want but leave me a a review on apple podcast if you can guys that would mean so much you know i'm having a good time um doing these episodes and actually next week is the season finale because it's christmas time and i really won't want to be doing an episode during new year's but who knows but as far as i know the season finale is next week which is christmas um it'll come out 26 but i'll be recording on christmas day but yeah so more on that but as we have our guest back here hello (laughs) well we were continuing on our uh what are you listening to? So you said The Strokes, of the strokes. course. Yes. Uh, any other bands on there, sir? The other artists that I tend to listen, I, especially this year in 2020, because I did a lot of writing, uh, I listened to a artist named Hammock. And Hammock is essentially, it's all instrumentals. Okay. Uh, it's a lot of strings, a lot of ambient type music. Um, but I use that type of music to write my films. Uh, that's how, because um, it's kind of hard for me to write when it's just quiet. I need something that kind of pushes me and motivates me and gives like a me score a vibe. behind like a you. Score. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it, sometimes I'll listen to a song and if I connect to it, I can write a whole idea story to that one song. Really? It's essentially, it's kind of like how I attack music videos. Yeah. Same way. Okay. So hammock and that's H A M C I K. It's a H A M M O C K. Okay. Hammock. Okay. Okay. Hammock. Hammock. Okay. Been around okay. for a while, but. 
I think I like all their albums. I tend to, <laughs> I, I was like, cause I'll, sometimes I'll get on these instrumental playlists and then I'll have a bunch and I'll like, I'll like, Oh, I really like the song and it's hammock. It's just every time. Just like, <laughs> I guess that's like, I guess I love hammock. Yeah. So that algorithm dude is getting you. Yep. Okay. So who you got? So you got the strokes, you have hammock and the Japanese house. They also pop oh, up in the top five. Yes, Do you like they are. They're really so good. So I was trying to figure out what kind of genre they are, and I, and I looked them up because I was like, okay, they're like indie rock, but they're kind of classified as a dream pop and yeah. indie pop. And it, yeah, but like indie. dream pop makes the most sense, I feel, because they definitely have like a dreamy vibe to them, and it's great background music. Yeah, they're such a great band, and I'm like, I. it's funny. A lot of these bands I discovered, I discovered them at the library. The library, the library, like and the physical that, library, like the physical library. Yeah. I know your face. You're like, what library? <laughs> so, um, I know you've been to downtown, of course. The yes. um, the central McKinney, the McKinney um, library that's on um, McKinney Street. That's central, central, whatever, central library, whatever. The big one that's right across the street from City Hall. Yeah, it's that big one, right? Yeah, I've never been in there actually. Isn't it really? haunted? Uh, no, that's the, the one in front of it. Oh, okay, so um. Yeah, I would, um, growing up, my uncle would take me and my, my little brothers and my cousins to the library. You know, we would get books and we'd read and stuff like that. But I would always get like movies and CDs. So a, a lot of my catalog and discographies have gone, I've gotten off from the library. So I'll discover like obscure bands from the library and then like, Months like years later, they end up becoming like super big and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I found them out before anybody else did. Do they, where do they play them at the library? Um, they have like a section. So like, if you walk in, it's kind of like the I forgot, like the check-in areas. If you go to the left, there's like this little art kind of little place, whatever. You keep going. There's a bunch of rows of like movies. And then there's like a rows of, of CDs. So I will go and I'll bring an empty backpack and I'm looking. Sometimes I'll look at like the cover art because yeah. the cover art will always attract me. And I'm like, okay, this might sound good. So I'll put them in there. And then it's like, okay, I know this band. I'll put them in there. I don't have that album. And by the time I know it's like 30, 40 albums wow. <laughs> in my bag and they won't say anything to are me. Are you buying them? No, or you like just rent just them. Rent them. Oh, wow. yeah. You're checking them out. I didn't know they did. So they still do that? Yeah. Wow. I haven't been in a in, in couple months because, you know, COVID and all that. And, you know, Man, they're very. Cool. I feel like that's very um, nostalgic in a way because I used to do that at the mall. I used to go. Yeah. Home. I would look at whatever cover attracted me. I think I bought like my chemical romance that way. You know, like stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a cool album. <laughs> Check it out. But I feel like that's like a dying thing. And that's cool. That yeah. Like, that. yeah. Because I've told everybody and I've told. Even my girlfriend like makes fun of me. She's like, "Oh, he gets all his music at the library." And when people hear that, they're yeah, like, "Oh, cool, it's kind of boring." But I'm like, "No, dude. I'm like, that's how I discovered like Mark, Mac DeMarco, Tame Impala, um, and just like all these other bands." It, it's hard to like say because they're all on my laptop, and I yeah. have like thousands of like bands and stuff like that. Hundreds of bands, actually. I'm not gonna say thousands because then I'll make me more seem like I have the storage for that. But um. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I get all my stuff in the library most of the time. Wow. And you found Japanese House there? Yeah. Wow. I found like two of their, three of their albums, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's cool, you know, but it's the same band. It's cool to find a gem in there. Cool. Yeah, dude. You, It's funny, because like, the first row is very, it's all classical, 
And then behind that is like country, Spanish, Christmas for some reason. And then it's like soundtracks. And then it's kind of like Christian music. And then it's kind of like world music. And then behind that, it's kind of like all the alternative. World. <laughs> it's alternative, indie, rock, pop, whatever. Yeah. Whatever you can think of, it's like the last two rows. And it's like filled with stuff. And I'm just, ooh, I like that, you know. And they always know me as the guy that gets too much music. <laughs> what you get in day, it's going to take a while. Yeah, they're like, I'll bring them back. And I'm like, they have a self-checkout so it's like I don't feel that oh, bad okay, okay. but when I returned them the guy's like he has to open the check and see the disc is in there and I'm like I'm sorry I got like 30 different <laughs> albums I'm sorry dude and he's like well, whatever you know but yeah that's how that's how I learned that's how I got a lot of my music I mean most of them I did download and stuff like that but you put mm-hmm. them in your computer yeah okay. all of it's on my computer and then all of it goes to my phone so but yeah, okay. So, but we'll talk about mine afterwards. But uh, is that all you have for your list? Or what did you have for your your twenty twenty wrapped? Is it the oh same God. list? I think I only had one more artist. Joji. I think Joji was on there. Ah, Fil- uh, Filthy Frank. Filthy Frank. Yeah, when he, whenever he was known as Filthy Frank. Oh my gosh! Did you watch those videos? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Those classics, right? I told my brother really? if he ever comes to town. I'm going to be like, uh, what's up, boss? Boss? Where's the book, boss? <laughs> but I feel like he would be like, dude, get this guy out of here. Yeah, it's really crazy to think that that's true. Yes. Yeah. I remember when he was like, hey, I'm going to get off YouTube now. He said, I want to discover music. And, and do, you know, because he was doing music. He did all the pink eye stuff. And then when he, like when I said, when he left, I was like, ah, he's probably just going to go like SoundCloud or whatever. And now he's like one of the big pop stars. And I'm like, dang. Yeah. He crazy exactly i'm like oh my gosh and he definitely um was it slow dancing in the dark was a tiktok song that kind yeah of helped him out too it was huge yeah yeah it is yeah these people are lucky that they don't know his old music because they would <laughs> yeah. freak out you make what <laughs> Yeah, I have one of the albums too, so it's, I'm not even gonna lie. Oh yeah, one of the old ones, one uh, of the Pink Eye albums, and I'm like, this this is the jam right here. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, they'd freak out. Nobody would be like, they would probably want to cancel him because <laughs> all those songs are very like, you know, some of the song titles too. But it it was just that time. Yeah, it was weird. You know, now people found out they'd try to cancel him, and he's probably like, hey man, you know, whatever. <laughs> Okay, so that's your list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my list. list um, I had pictures. Let me see if I can do that. For, I, for my 2020 wrapped, um, it really wasn't a lot. I think, do I still have it? Yeah, I do. So my top artist for, excuse me, 2020 was Tame Impala. Uh, this one band that's from Austin. It's called Grupo Fantasma. Uh, Benny, she's from... Um, New Zealand, I think. She's an up-and-coming artist. Uh, number four is Unknown Mortal Orchestra. And, of course, uh, number five is The Strokes. All right. There we go, man. <laughs> I didn't That's really listen to a lot of them on Spotify because, like, I have the majority of their catalog, which yeah. is funny because I got it from the library. <laughs> so That's I funny. listen to a lot of the stuff. You know, I don't. it's like I don't have to download it because it's already have it. Yeah. But yeah, those are, that's my top artist. Um, but um, lately, I was in like a whole 70s trend. 
kind of like two weeks ago, I was in a whole 70s trend. Like the whole week, I listened to different genres from the 70s. So I was doing like funk, I was doing RB and soul, I did pop, I did classic rock, hard rock, heavy metal, whatever you want to call it. And um, I, I forgot what else did I do. I might have done soul or something like that. And yeah, I. I I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna listen to a bunch of '70s music, and it was it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it because my parents were born; they weren't they were born in the '70s, but yeah. you know they remember all those music and all that time and stuff like that. So it sounds and, like you listen to everything. Honestly. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very open to listening to a lot of things, but sometimes if I hear something and I know I'm not gonna like it, I'm already like it's already dead to me. Yeah, <laughs> like. I like Bad Bunny and stuff like that. It's like that's not my thing, so it's kind of like it's kind of dead to me. And I'm like, I'm, I don't really want to like get into it because it's not my thing. But I'm very open to it. I'll listen to it. I'm not gonna be like, hey, turn this crap off. I don't want to hear this. I you love know, Bad Bunny's uh, only like one song really because I, I don't know. I don't know any other songs. But yeah, it's like I, I'm old for that. Whatever. It's okay. Like the slow song. I like I said yeah, that whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like my girlfriend, she she loves Little Peep. And I'm like, don't know any of the songs. I, and this is gonna sound bad, but don't 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 take this from let's take this my work because this is me saying this. But Little Peep, his, his music made me want to like kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what it is. I think it's just because it's he his music was really emo, yeah. but it's kind of like the emo that's like. You don't know if this guy's gonna hurt himself or like kill himself, <laughs> and like yeah. she loves it. She'll listen to it, and I'm just driving, and I'm like, God, I, I was like, man, this is probably how some people's parents felt when they were listening to like Hawthorne Heights <laughs> and Fall Out Boy. <laughs> like, that's how it is. That's why they get so upset because this is triggering me. Oh my! I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. At there's at a point, I was like. This guy makes me want to kill myself. This this music is very depressing. And I'm like, oh, I don't like listening to music that's made me depressed. And it's funny because, like, I kind of label myself emo because, you know, I grew up during that time where, like, Hawthorne Heights and, and uh, Fall Out Boy Senior. and, like, you know, they were all popular. And I was like, yeah, I'm emo. And, like, I'm, like I said, I'm emo, but, like, not that kind of emo. <laughs> that the kind of emo is like, are you okay, son? Do you need help? <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan. It's yeah. So funny. Um, but what else was I? Um, dang it. For some reason, I was for like a whole three days. I was listening to like Drake. Drake. I yeah, like a few Drake songs. Um, sure. it was weird. I was like, there's this one song. I don't know. You might have heard it. Controller. Yeah, I remember that one. And like for some reason, it's been on loop. And I'm like, I don't know what it is about the song that like attracted. I mean, I've listened to it before and I, I didn't really like it at the moment when it came out because I was like, oh, yeah, everybody's listening to it. Yeah. But at the, you ever find like those songs where you just you gravitate toward it and then you just stay there? And yeah, you're oh, like, for sure. Put it on repeat. Yeah. And it's reason. been on repeat. I don't know if it's just the musical arrangement. I don't know if it's the the meaning of the song, what he's singing about. Or just 
I don't know what it is, but it's so addicting. And there's there's a bunch of songs that yeah. I've listened to on repeat. They call it, um, I th- I, it happens to me all the time, it's a musical euphoria. It's kind of like this feeling that the song is giving you, and you, kinda, yeah. you want to feel it again. So it's kind of like addicting almost. Yeah. Um, you want to play it again? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Carry you yeah. through the day. There's another song, too. It's... Um, this guy, his name is Saint Pepsi. He also goes as Skylar Spence. This is his song off this album called Greg, and I, I listen to it. And he does a lot of like it's called future funk, so it, it's it's like chopped up, like old R and B pop, except from like the eighties and stuff like that. And they'll they'll mix it into like you know future whatever. And there's this one song, and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, it's so addicting. And I'm like, there's a lot of songs that I'm, I listen to that is addicting. Um, Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, I can't even I can't even name them all. I have them all here, but it's like it's ridiculous. It just it's just so repeated, repetitive, and I'm listening to them, listening to them, listening to them. I'm like, please stop! I want to get off this ride, but they're so good. Play like, again. yeah, like that song, like I saw my drink. I'm like, I don't know what it is. It might be the musical arrangement because um, it's so good. And like, I do a little bit of DJing myself. I have my little mixer over here that i haven't touched in a while but i'm constantly thinking okay this song mixes well with this one this one will be good you know i haven't done it in a while but i'm constantly thinking of stuff like that at work and i have a little place where it's like dj playlist when i want to mix stuff like that but i think that's one of the songs that i'm like it's stuck and i'm like how can i mix this with other stuff who can i mix this with Mm. i don't know it's so weird but like it's a whole euphoria it's like my mind is like it's 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 entertained it's entertained by this song yeah and it's weird and i'm like please Drake, stop leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> for some reason it was that song i think that happened to me with uh marvin's room by drake yeah that's, that's another good drive. one too that's a, good one. a couple months ago it was um unknown more orchestras um, what's the name of that song? Everyone's crazy nowadays or something like that. It sounds very jazzy and like R&B-ish, like something from like the 80s. And I was like, what is about, what is it about this song that's like so addicting? So there's the whole pandemic has made me like appreciate more music and like fall into depth of more things i'm like like i said musical arrangements certain chords um uh, just i don't know what it is dude i don't know i just i love music and it's like it picks up my brain and i'm like please stop i'm trying to work it, it definitely felt like it was a better year for new music that i've never heard i think i discovered more artists this year than i did last year for yeah sure. like with my my rap it didn't really tell me because i don't i don't like i said i don't listen to spotify as much with different bands so what I do is I'll subs- I'll follow like New Music Friday or something like that and I'll listen to the list and I'll add them to my own playlist and then I'll end up downloading those songs and I don't download the majority of them but I only use Spotify for that for finding new music and then I just listen to all thousands of my songs that I have on my phone because yeah I'm always updating and stuff like that adding new stuff and so Oh, definitely. I definitely listen to a lot of older tracks <laughs> more than anything. But yeah, like discovering different genres is fun too. It's like, oh, I yeah. never thought I'd like, like and you're like, pop. Yeah. Like, like, and then you're like, hey, look, that. check out this one band. And they're like, oh, we knew about that. It's like, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Beach House. <laughs> Got into Beach House a lot. Like stuff like that. I never thought I'd be that much into that stuff, but I am, I guess. 
it's always good because then you can always like find like um inspiration in that song for whatever you're writing to at the time so you could always like write some kind of like indie flick of like high school using dream pop or something yeah (laughs) absolutely there's an idea got it all right so this is the um this is kind of towards the end of the show where we'll do shout outs and whatnot and and talk about what what's new coming up with you and stuff like that so anybody you want to shout out right now just shout out to my Cold Creek Productions team, like Savon Highsmith, April, Harrell, Yesenia, Vasquez. Obviously, she's the makeup artist on, uh, you know, we were able to do Pet Plant recently. I was a DP on that, and my team worked on that. And then we also did 10th Floor, which is my film. And then we just wrapped up the Nutcracker Party, uh, which involves some of my team as well. So shout out to them. And like Nathan Gilbert and a few others. So definitely... Esteban Valencia, our DP, um, just mainly them. I mean, like, I feel like we really came together in a crazy time that 2020 presented us. Like, we were still able to make and work on four films. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, even the Nutcracker was kind of crazy. Like, the Nutcracker was supposed to be, um, it's called the Nutcracker Party. It was supposed to be a show. It was supposed to be a theater show put on by Dance Houston. And essentially, we weren't able to do that. They're not able to do that. So they had to take that show and quickly turn it into a film so it could still be released during the holidays. And we made it happen. So That's awesome. Shout out to them. Yeah, now shout out to all, you guys. Now we can all take a break and enjoy some Christmas time. Yes, time, the time to relax and enjoy it, you know, with our families and stuff like that. But yeah, shout out to all you guys. You guys are superheroes at what you do like i said you like you said you were doing four films and you were like unsure of like how the whole year was going to turn out that's amazing very blessed you guys are very blessed thank you be able to do all that so um so anything you want to plug in like uh of course 10th floor and and uh, exit um the, yeah. that movie yeah we got 10th floor <laughs> That's gonna. That's currently in post production. That's gonna be released sometime next year. It's gonna hit the festival market, so look out for that. Nutcracker Party is currently out on Vimeo and will be on Amazon Prime upcoming here in the next few days. And then there's also Pet Plant, which is coming out soon as well. That's from Pineapple Pizza Productions. And Arc Exodus is currently doing limited releases, but look out for that to be on rentals very soon. Like I said, guys, I'll be tagging so you guys can follow, so then you can. Get the first scoop when that movie hits and you can go check it out. Like I said, I need to check it out. And I, I follow them and I have like a whole notification and I'm like, I'll wait. It'll be there. I can wait till Sunday. And then Sunday comes and goes and I'm like, I feel bad. I was going to watch it. <laughs> I was actually going to try to watch it before you, like I said, before you came on the show. But just time it was very... Um, limited for me and I couldn't be I couldn't watch anything because I was working with stuff like that so that's okay and obviously shout out to you for having us or having me on the show you're a great podcast host it was really fun don't make me cry (laughs) (laughs) but like I said dude when we we met at the party and we started talking I was like okay yeah yeah I totally should have this guy on my podcast I was like and like I started diving deep into your stuff on Instagram and I'm like Oh yeah, this is a great idea. I'm totally, I'm 
totally gonna have this guy on my show and like i said i've been building up and we've been talking and i've been thinking like what kind of questions am i gonna ask him what am i gonna ask this what is that and i was like so nervous and then i was like i'll just go with the flow we'll see how this works out so same here that's always the best thing huh just go with the flow exactly but i mean it turned out to be a pretty good episode like i said we had fun um it's not like four or five hours long it's, it's a pretty decent um size to where people can listen and enjoy and hone in you know christmas time you know people need something to distract themselves so hopefully this episode will be there for them and they can get more info about you get more fun about your 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 production team and your your movies and stuff like that you're doing so that's all i want to do is help out my like my uh my homies my local houstonians get the word out you know scratch your back and all that i don't need nobody scratching my back because <laughs> i can do it myself but i i like helping out my friends and stuff like that so that's that's what this podcast is for thanks for having me no problem so that is the end of the show yeah um thank you again for being a part of the show mr charlie g of co-creep productions Thank you, sir. Hope to be here again soon, hopefully. Yeah, we will totally, like, dude, next season we'll have you on. We'll have maybe some other people on. Um, I want What I want to do next year, and I'm going to talk a little about this. I know it's kind of like wrapping up and everything. But next season I'll be doing three types of episodes. So one episode will be about, like, topics and theme-based, like I did an episode last week about online dating. And that went really well. It's got a lot of good traction. A lot of people have been messaging um, some of the girls that I've been on there and they're like, you did a great job. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, um, the second type of episode I'll be doing is, excuse me, things like this. I'll be interviewing people and talking, getting to know them. We'll play games like I did right now. Like I used to, because I used to do this the whole season. I had um, schedule after schedule with people and i was doing this but i was like you know what i think people get tired after a while of listening to like special guests and stuff like that so i was like i'm just gonna limit it to one once a month so next next month next season i'll be doing that just once a month i'll have a special guest and then i'll be doing to go episodes so pretty much i'll be taking my stuff on the go and i'll be going to different locations around houston That's so cool. uh yeah so like last time i did that i went to studemont park which is in the heights and um i had a friend join me he wanted to be on the show and um yeah we we had a good time we talked and stuff like that so the next episode i don't know where i'll be i was thinking maybe like the orange show or something like that and um i don't know we'll, we'll figure it out i'll figure out where i want to go next time because i want to find somewhere that um is recognizable and then i can be like hey guys i was here and then you know whenever tourists or even people that are from houston have never been there they can go and stuff like that so those are the three type of episodes i'm going to be doing and then of course i'll have one by myself and we'll talk and whatnot so i saw that you did recently the um i didn't need to listen to it but you reacted to the selena show yes okay okay so can you can can you give me like in a (laughs) nutshell what you thought it's okay no it's okay it's fine it's, it's good so i enjoyed the show um of course you, you you've probably seen the movie we've all oh, seen the movie i just rewatched it yesterday just because i wanted to i cannot watch that movie because so at the end when um when everyone's like going to the hospital i can't watch it i'm like nope i know nope i can't it's like, <laughs> like i've seen this movie so many times 
So I wanted to ask you, what did you think? This is like the one most yeah. important question of the show. You already probably know it. What do you think about the casting of Selena for the show? I think she did a good job. She was kind of, she wasn't Jennifer Lopez. And of course she's not Selena, the incarnate, you know, she's not, you know, anything like her, but she brought her own kind of flavor to Selena. Cause there's only been, there's only been one iteration, which is, you know, um, Jennifer Lopez. And that's kind of like the high standards. Like you're never, yeah, you know, but even then Jennifer Lopez, at that time, she was Selena only had passed like two years ago. I mean, two That's years true. before. It was very so of course, you know, they had so much time to like. Okay, Selena was like this, you know. So I'm, I'm questioning. I'm pretty sure she followed her career, you know. But um, it's been 25 years later, and um, yeah, I really think she did a great job. It's a different take. Um, pretty much, I said that the whole show is it's it's. You know, it's about her, but it's more about the people around her that made yeah. her Selena. You know, because without her brother writing songs, her sister, her father, um, the band, yeah, and stuff like it. you know, Chris, um, there would be no Selena. That's how I felt too. I kind of that's what I did like about the show. Before I say what I didn't like. I liked the finding out who those people in the background were. Because now when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, that's who that is. Oh, the guy with the mullet. He's actually really important. Like, he Yeah, Pete has lot. been very important in Selena's career. He's helped, he helped her brother co-wrote a lot of songs and do the music and stuff like that. Yeah. And the keyboard is like, they're all background in the movie. They don't even talk, like they're, they're, but they're there. So now you find out who they were. And I don't know if you saw one person from the selena movie is in the series yeah it's actually her mom yeah i was like holy crap <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah um, and then i think the only thing that i just could not get past was the casting of selena i don't know for some reason i don't I think it, it, it takes some time to grow on i think if you watch it again you'll be like oh okay you know it, just, it took i think it took a lot of people time to get used to jennifer lopez when she was yeah. selena Jeez, yeah. you know they were probably like a Puerto Rican playing a Mexican, you know. It just—I call it the suspension of, uh, or it's called—it's known as suspension of disbelief. It's like when something happens in a film or a show, and it just takes you right out. It was so distracting for me for some reason. I couldn't—I just couldn't get into. I think it. the but one I do thing, like yeah. Film. I, I think, I do like show, yeah. You know, I think the one thing that bothered me was like the first five minutes of the show. Um, she's singing Como La Flor and then like you can see like the wig and I'm like oh that's bad it's like this is not gonna end good but I mean overall you couldn't really tell because a lot of people um, and I talked to some of them they're very picky Selena fans are very picky they're yeah. like Selena you know this and, blah, 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 blah. and there's a point where she's like 16 17 and she has like this hairdo and I'm like that's what she wore in the 80s i mean like what are you gonna you know but overall like i said i i think it was a really good show i i put it in a 9.5 the only other thing that i didn't get to talk about is that i wish they spoke more spanish in their series because i feel like um her brother and sister and parents and even her spoke more spanish around each other and around everybody else but i feel like with the tv show they have to talk in English yeah. so then every, you know, the whole general audience can understand what they're saying. Even though they're Mexican-American, 
And they, of course, they all spoke English, but I feel like there's more of an importance of them speaking Spanish and seeing it live on like on a show because it's I don't know what it is. I'm trying to trying to get the point, but like it makes it more authentic, I think, because, yeah. you know, if, if you see a German talking English, it's kind of like nah. they talk English, but they don't speak yeah. English. They, they speak German. You know, they might speak a little bit English, but that's what I feel about the show. I feel like there should have been more Spanish into it. But I get what they're trying to do. So, and, yeah. you know, but I still like the show. I still like the show. Yeah. At the end of everything, it was good. And it was nice to have something, you know, like yeah. some sort of continuation other than just that movie. Because that's all we've had. Yeah. And the movie, like I said, it's just it. It's just her. And then it goes boom, 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 boom. And that's it. With the show, it, it's more laid back. It explains a lot more about her life. Shows are going through this, going through that. It's a lot. It's refreshing, you know, because you don't ever get to see that. So it's like, okay, this is cool. I think I know what her brother and sister were trying to do. And yeah, I like I said, I like the show. If some people don't want to watch it because of that, then hey, I mean, to each their own. But my review is I like it. Go ahead and watch it for real, for real. All right. Yeah, I was curious. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, like I said, I appreciate you for being on the show. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys. All right, guys. And uh, yeah, that's it for the show. So I will see you guys next week for our Christmas episode. So good night. As I always say, God bless, peace, mask up, and we'll see you again later.